Welcome to the Reptile Gumbo Podcast, episode 66. 66. I'm just amazed every week that like we're still on here. Yay. And that I, I've had the same podcast like co-host for more than three months. Yeah, you need to figure that out. I would like to know how long I've been doing this. I don't know. I don't either. I don't know if I can hear you. You're very quiet. We got... Can we repeat that? Like, just say that one more time and repeat no. that on recording. I need the world to understand. You need to talk closer to your mic. What? I'm not... Oh, you're on... <laughs> you were muted. That's why they couldn't hear what you. What the hell? Yeah, I know. Everybody gets to to hear us figure out technology together. It's a learning experience for everybody. So did you unmute Robert? He's unmuted. He just doesn't want to talk to you right now. <laughs> oh, we started now, Jeff. Oh. How's it going, Robert? It's going. Going well. So, yes, we... I missed you this weekend. I didn't get to see you this weekend. I fucked you from this weekend. Yeah, I know. I was a thousand miles away this weekend. No. We'll get to that in a second. I, I, I do want to talk about our new technology and, then our, and the reason why I got it and, and who helped us out with this. It's, it's like cool stuff. It you can is suck cool it. Stuff. It is. It's cool like it's like James is like a vegan. He, he's like holding his breath. He has to tell you, "Oh, the vegan." Yeah. So it, you know, he's like that with his new toy, or like a pilot. They got to tell you they're a pilot in the first five minutes. He, he literally <laughs> took it away from our child. You know what? You know what? Bazinga! And was like, "No touching. You cannot touch that." <laughs> get, I'm like, "Oh my god!" It's dangerous. I have sound effects now. Jesus Christ! Yep. Bazinga! Tell us about it. Tell us about okay. it. So. We got a new soundboard thanks to the Ruas, thanks to their their generous donations to the podcast and being a sponsor. Yes. Uh, sooner or later, they're going to get a blurb that goes into our soundboard so we can just press a button. Today was the last day of school. It will be coming soon. Yes. So Amanda and Dallas of Wiregrass Exotics, Wiregrass Exotics in Ozark, Alabama, who are opening on June 12th, June 12th, which is Katie's birthday, Yay. which is also the weekend of Conroe. Yep. Which is the 100th Herb Show. Who is another sponsor? Who is another sponsor? We'll talk about them in a second, too. But I, just, I want to get back to the Ruas and thank the Ruas a ton for this. But also, I want to thank uh, this hobby always amazed me. The people in this hobby always amaze me. I've met some of the best people in my life from because I own snakes. So we, uh, I know we, we talked about it before that if anybody wants to help us out, you can gladly donate to our uh, GoFundMe because we, we are when we move, we are going to be making a studio in our new apartment. Our new apartment, our new house, not an apartment, a studio, and we're going to start doing weekly live episodes, and it's going to be recorded, and there'll be cameras, and that's not cheap to do. And we had several people jump right away and help us. Uh, we talked about some last week. Uh, Sean Gray helped us out. Uh, John Grant, because we have to mention John Grant at least once on an episode. <laughs> and then uh, this week, uh, Jason Miloradovich, which is just a fun name to say. Oh my goodness. Jason Miloradovich. So if Robert is no longer your friend, how does Jason fall into this category? Because Jason has involvement in that story. Okay. So so this past weekend, Robert quit being my friend because he picked up a snake that I've wanted for a long time <laughs> from Jason Miloradovich. Uh, Robert, do you want to tell everybody what you picked up in Colorado? And then I will tell his fabulous, let me be two years old and pout story that comes with it. I don't give a shit. I don't have no shame. I'm good. A super black Russian sandboa. Damn. Super black. I've ordered a black Russian, Russian sandboa. A super black. <laughs> Sounds dirty when you say it that way, but okay. <laughs> I've wanted one for a while. They're solid black sandboas. And I one, I didn't know Jason Miloradovich had black Russian sandboas. 
much less super black. So now I'll be paying way more attention to him. But he did donate. He's going to help. His donation will help us get all of our video equipment. Well, some of our video equipment that we're going to use in our new studio. And I was very excited. Guys, I cannot express to you how pitiful he was this weekend. I'm working in the craft room. He comes in and he literally like crosses his arms. I have no friends. I was like, oh, uh, well, within a span of like, I was like, what just happened? Within a span of like you 30 minutes, adult. I find out that Robert gets a, one of my dream snakes. And then that Sean Gray, who already has fucking Aldabra tortoises, <laughs> two little babies that he knows I want, is now getting adults. He's getting adults. So I'm not friends with him for a little while also. Oh my gosh! Yeah, it was so. Um, he was so. so what we haven't y'all. told you, James, is John Grant's more than likely getting a pair as well. About all of y'all, you know what? Y'all can all <laughs> about that, Brett. Suck it. Nice. Yes. Can suck big hairy ones. I don't. Uh, don't you have like a wah wah wah? Uh, I don't think. Oh, I do have this. That's James. Those are James's emotions right now. That's how, I feel. That's how I feel right now. Guys, and I'm about to move to Texas and I have to leave my tortoises here. Oh, yeah, that in the time being, so I won't even have tortoises with me. It's a little bitty one, the little one doesn't do shit. It, it lives in, I'm, I want big tortoises. I know and they're gonna be here. My dad's pumped about becoming a tortoise farmer, though. <laughs> yeah, and Philly has to learn that it just involves cleaning up tortoise shit. He's excited. It's not, I, I think he's underestimating the size of tortoise shit. It's not chickens. He's anyone that has never owned a sulcata, I can't explain to you. I don't know how they pass turds so large. <laughs> I've gone out into the yard before and thought that it was a turd from my biggest one, my like 80, 90 pound male. And in reality, it's from my smallest little female who weighs like 10 pounds, maybe. Well, this was, uh, I noticed just now that we have our first boa shit from, you know, it's the first large snake I've had. And yeah, it yeah. looks like, uh, looks like a grown man went in there and left. Oh, yeah. Oh, my Lord. Oh, yeah. When you get it, because, because Robert doesn't have big snakes. The biggest snake Robert had prior to him getting that boa is a ball python. And that's just a little ball python turd. that boa. No, that boa is his boa. I thought you got a. No, that boa is his boa. Oh, I'm gotcha. gonna use that boa to breed, though. That's what it was. The motley. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I yeah. totally thought that was. No, he's keeping that. House. That's his snake. Oh, just kidding. You're just using it to breed. In about a year. Okay. The little male over there will be ready. So maybe that's what I was. Because yeah. I'm like, yeah, the boa is coming to the. No, house. it's not coming to the house. Just kidding. Oh I'm yeah. Our friend Mr. Milleradovich tried his damnedest to send a, a, a boa home with Logan this weekend, <laughs> more than one, <clears throat> and uh, I had to kibosh that. Well, I mean, he did donate some money. You may have to go buy more snakes in the future. I'm out of room; like, I don't have rack space for anything, which is I think crazy you know to a say. Guy. I do, yeah, but he, he, he can get racks. He's for himself. You're gonna have to get rid of that that game room area and just turn it into a second snake room. Yeah, I, you know, it's already got snakes in it, so why not? Or when I have, just force your daughter to move out now that she graduated high school. She doesn't graduate yeah. yet. Well, next she's Thursday. graduating high oh. school. It's graduate. She's graduating. Unless she can find some way to really screw that up. <laughs> but just kick her out. <laughs> I don't I think, think Lily would appreciate this conversation. See? So kick her out and then just, no. or make her sleep on no, the couch. Or you know what? Her. Make her, give her Logan's room and then make Logan sleep <clears> on the couch <throat> for the rest of his life. And you have two <laughs> snakes. Say, he's like, oh, I don't, I don't have a room I have to clean? Great. Yeah, <laughs> of course, need two snake rooms. He's, he's becoming a teenager soon. He may want a room before long. That means, that James. You may want him to have a room before long. James, that means <laughs> you have to clean his room while you're there. I'm not cleaning the shit while I'm there. You have got to be a good house guest. I don't make a mess. No, that's, that's why I have an 18-year-old daughter, Katie, that lives here free. 
Oh my lord. <laughs> Y'all. Also speaking about speaking about all the great people that have helped us out, I do want to mm-hmm. give a shout out to Chris Eaton because we, we got our first oh camera for gosh. our studio. I've heard all about this as well. It's our little our little GoPro Hero three from Chris Eaton, which is gonna be our first it camera in our studio. Waterproof case. It does have a waterproof case. Waterproof case, and it'll be used when we go floor. out herping in West Texas. Well, Katie won't be going herping in West. I Texas. might go. No, you won't. We could talk about it. <laughs> yeah. Okay. That's what I thought. <laughs> I'll pack the snacks. So, anyways, our sponsors. You want to give our our first sponsor here? We did talk about we talked about the Ruas. We did. And Wiregrass Exotics. Everybody should go out and check them out. June twelfth at their big grand opening. I've been seeing pictures of the update. It's gonna be great. Plus, they have a. They're going to have a hot room. So if you want to see venomous snakes, they'll have hots. Absolutely. And then we also have Lone Star Reptile Racks. If you are looking for a high-quality PVC rack, look no further than Lone Star Reptile Racks. They offer a variety of sizes for all types of snakes, geckos, rats, and more. You can even order something custom. Shipping is available, or you can plan to pick up at a Herps Reptile Show near you. Visit lsreptileracks.com to reach out to Lone Star Reptile Racks and place your order today. Yeah. See that distance and that volume? Perfect. Yeah, but this hurts my neck. Okay, well, we'll get you one of these at some point. Oh. There we go. <laughs> I shrank my chair. Speaking of Lone Star Reptile Racks, I'll go ahead and mention now our uh, our giveaway for this month. We'll go ahead and get that out of the way, but our giveaway this month is a single tub LS70 rack. It's not really right. It's hard to explain. But it's a single tub enclosure. <clears throat> I just don't. I don't, I don't know mean, the right. I don't know. If you get word. another one and stack it, it's then it's a rack, I guess. That's true. You can buy two. They do stack, but you can win a free one this month. All you have to do is listen to each episode in May, and then go check out Lone Star Reptile Racks website at lsreptileracks.com and find the keyword or phrase there. It'll change each week. Keep up with all four of them. At the end of the month, tell us all four of them, and you can win a free tub rack enclosure doohickey for your snake it's great for again for quarantine or for that one snake you want to put in a certain room or if it needs to maybe you have a snake that doesn't meet the same requirements as everybody else it's a different temperature different whatever you need to put it by itself it's a great thing for that so check that out keep up with it i'm sure lance kirkman will message me as soon as this goes out and tell me what it is because he does that every week which is fine because it helps me remember what our actual phrase or saying is but i don't know because robert's the one in charge of that but <laughs> and as of 7.33 p.m. on May 19th. It is live on the website. Sweet. So check that out and keep up with it and you can win yourself a free rack or a hundred and I won't lie. What was the, the value? 175. 175. Yeah. Right. You win $175 towards any other rack you may want. So maybe the single rack doesn't do you any good and you want uh whatever, a, a 408 tub baby rack. So you can get that. The old 408 tub baby rack takes up the whole wall. It's shipped there by semi truck. Robert Robert's gonna get right on that. Yeah. <laughs> all right. So, uh, is that all the sponsors? Oh, Herps. I pulled that up. We talked about them earlier. So Herps. You talked about them and your dislike for Sean for the yeah. moment. Fuck Sean. So Herps. This is all for Lori. I love Lori. This is for you, Lori. <laughs> so I'm gonna have to text her and say, "Listen to the beginning of this episode just for you." So this week coming up, I'm super excited we're going to be able to make it out there. We're not vending. We're just coming to hang out. We're coming out, to visit. Which is the second time we've done that in like a month, and it's going to be great. But Austin, so, Texas made what? So Simply Bio won't have won't have a presence at all because... Uh, is she not coming either? No. Nope. Tracy's not no. coming either. No, there won't be. Cool. That means you can hang out and help me take racks out to the truck all weekend. 
Sounds like a plan. I don't like that plan. It's a great plan <laughs> because he's letting you sleep at his house. I'm going to help him. Pull your own yeah, weight, James. I've lost some weight, so that's not as much to pull. Oh, my God. Wait, wait for it. Wait for it. That's loud. Yeah. Oh, my God. That's, yeah. There was, there was a lot of people who were very excited about my joke. You need to not do that again. Well, I can turn it down. See, look, I'll turn it down. No. Wait for that it. That was bad. Wait. I'll wait that's, for it. I don't like that one. Wait. one. wait for it. You are so lucky that you turned that down. This before we now. before oh. we started this podcast, he did not have the volume on that particular sound turned down. And when I tell you, I ripped my headphones off of my head so fast, and I almost throat chopped him. Okay. Austin, Texas, May twenty second, twenty third. That's this weekend. Then we're back into Louisiana, Lafayette, Louisiana, June fifth and sixth. And then is the big one, Conroe, June 12th and 13th. That is the 100th episode. Come out there. You get us. Again, Chris Eaton's coming down for that one. You can come see Chris Eaton from Snakes and the Fat Man. If you don't listen to Snakes and the Fat Man, by the way, I'm giving a plug. Go listen to Snakes and the Fat Man. Chris Eaton's on. Maybe not with small children around. (laughs) Probably not. Just saying. But he is. I mean, I love him. Don't get me wrong. But he is a great guy, and it's very entertaining. And if you ever get a chance to join the every every two weeks, he does a Zoom, an open Zoom call. You just got to message him and say, hey, I want to be a part of it. You should totally do it. It's fun. And then end of June, June 26th, 27th is Amarillo, Texas, which I think we're doing. We're doing that one. too. You're going. I'm going. I'm unpacking a house. Oh, that's right. We will have just moved. Yes. Oh, Jesus. We moved the weekend between those two shows. Oh, shit. And I leave for camp a week after the Amarillo show. So I'm not going to that show. Oh, shit. Robert, he'll be riding with you. Oh. All right. <laughs> Take that, Robert. Hey, I just need to have somebody to help me unload when we get there. There you go. I ended up I ended up paying Matthew Fink's uh nephew, Keanu, forty bucks to help us unload. And that kid hustled his butt off helping us unload the truck. That's awesome. We had to well, the only place you could we had a um that big Pinsky truck, so luckily Pueblo had a dock, like a truck dock, so I could back up and be, you know, a flat unload. But it was a whole opposite side of the venue, so everything had to wind through all the Casey stuff and all the tables, and yeah. But he was a huge help. Cool. That's awesome. The thanks. All right, man. So all go right. ahead and bring in our guests. Uh, I'm going okay. because I have to get up and blow my. So I'm pretty sure I know how to pronounce her last name because I heard it on another podcast. But then I heard Chris Eaton, I think, mispronounce it. Oh my lord! And now I got more confused. But I'm gonna try it, and they're gonna tell me if I'm wrong. So here we go. Oh, wait, wait. Oh, I could have done that. <laughs> Everyone talk amongst yourselves. Okay. I got to get to it. Y'all. Wait, wait for it. Where's your cheat sheet? Wait, well, I got to get to the actual page. Do we want the... Here, we'll do this one. Just do it. The oh, good one. And now. <laughs> I, can't, I can't do it. So, it is Stephen and Ashley Howdy from Focus Cube. We're getting, we're getting, I got head, it right. We're getting head nods. We got it right. Sweet. So, from Focus Cube, if, if they've been on like 500 podcasts by now talking about their cages. And if you haven't seen their cages, it's they're the, cool looking cages. I promise everybody's seen them. It's, if you've seen the bright ass, weird looking cages that look awesome, it's those cages. Yes. Yeah. That's the aesthetic we're going for. Bright ass, weird looking. They are bright <laughs> and they are weird. I, I love them. They're, they're awesome. <laughs> uh, yeah. We love them. They are an awesome showpiece type cage. And and I do want to talk about some of those tonight a little bit, but I really want to talk about 
some of the other stuff y'all do, especially that has four legs and lots of teeth. But, mm. Fun. But we'll get to those guys too. So uh, I want to hit on first the question. I, I asked y'all what question you wanted us to post this week for our listeners, and we got a lot of responses. But you asked uh, what originally got you started in the reptile hobby versus what currently keeps your interest in the hobby. And so I want to hit on this before we get to interviewing you, and we'll ask y'all some questions. But we'll go through this with what our listeners said, and then y'all can kind of give us your input, which will help us understand y'all a little more. But we got a lot, and they like people wrote novels on this one. So <laughs> well, it's exciting because a lot of times they're just like what? two words. Yeah, yeah. This one was good though. Like we have to put why, or people won't tell us why. <laughs> so Wiley Cunningham said, "My daughter caught an anole. For those that don't know anoles, it's the little green lizards that run around your house. And we kept it over winter and released it in the spring. We then went to a reptile show and picked up a crested gecko that was followed by intense research on making sure we gave our gecko the best care we could. I learned to not breathe into the mic. This expanded into researching other animals. Cut to many years later, and my wife is in love with her collection of several species of gecko, rosy boas, and garters. And I'm loving my several candoia, which are cool snakes, boa imperator, and variable king snakes. Initially getting over our collective fear of snakes, and now just our continual fascination with all of our reptile behaviors is what keeps our interest, and I see no end in sight to that. So that's cool. They won. They caught a green anole and they kept it alive for months because that is not the outcome of most wild caught green anoles by people. They shoved in a jar and you'll they're dead in like two days with those dark black eyes. And I, I, I'm gonna say I killed a lot of green anoles as a kid. I just I know what they look like when they die. Really sad. I also kept some alive during a science fair experiment. So you weren't allowed to use things with vertebrae. Yeah, that probably changed like right after I kept these lizards for a science fair experiment. But I made it all the way to state, so that was awesome. So that was cool, Riley. Elana. Oh, I, oh shit, I, I got to talk. Elana read all the scientific articles that I posted this week on our on our Facebook group mm-hmm. and then recorded herself telling me about them and then text that to me. That's hilarious. Because I said I wasn't going to read them. So she's, she's, she's my official article reader. She's enabling you. No, she's helping me. I think you, you're using the wrong word, Miss English teacher. No, she's an helping. Enabler. Helping is what you need to read. Helping. I, I am. I'm reading their replies. So Elana Anderson said, when I was younger, we had two Texas alligator lizards, which would be cool. I've never seen a Texas alligator lizard in person. And she used to go out and find bugs for them, which is hilarious if you know anything about her love of cockroaches. <laughs> or June bugs. Is she, is she one of those that's afraid of June bugs, too? I think so. I know Lori is. Maybe not. I want to say she is. I'm so fairly certain. <laughs> She says, now I'm in the hobby because I love animals and learning as much as I can about them and then passing on the knowledge. See, I'm helping her. She reads the articles, learns what she can, and then she passes the knowledge on to me. I'm helping Ilana. I'm doing this for her, Katie. Don't look at me like that. I mean it. So much judgment on my face right now. <laughs> uh, let's see. Oh, another one about our knowles. Ish. Ish. I'm not going to mess up your last name. I'm just going to call you Ish. I, <laughs> I apologize. There's a Q and a U and there's a the little squiggly thing over top the N. So, Quinones. Whatever you say. Yep. Quit making up stuff, Robert. You're moving to South Texas, dude. I you was just about to say. Probably. I can say taco burrito and... I, it's okay. I have, I have a an audio book that helps teach Spanish and we have a six and a half hour car ride this weekend one way and six and a half. Sounds like you're I, driving and I'm sleeping. All right. We're all going to be, we're going to learn it. We're going to be. Just, just show up speaking Spanish and like we forgot English. <laughs> uh, Ish said, I kept a nose when I was a child. Got into herps again when a couple of ball, py- 
when when I a I think there's a few words there when he got a couple of ball pythons back in 2014, but they didn't really spark his passion because they're ball pythons. I got into Morelia in 2018. I've been hooked since their behaviors and feeding response, balls being fussy and all. Plus, they are active snakes. I do like Morelia. I only own one currently. No, I own two. I forgot. I got my Brettles python. I like I like, Morelia. I like them better than I like ball pythons. Scott Borden said passion. Same then as now, of course, when I got my first snake, it was more I wanted to have a weird pet, which I think is what a lot of you will get into this for is I just want a weird pet that everybody's going to think is odd. That's what I like about isopods. Because <laughs> people don't think like my my students, like my fifth graders, they're like they're bugs. Like they're actually not bugs. They're crustaceans. They're crustaceans. They have gills. They're fancy roly polies. They are fancy roly And then they learn all about, they're like, we found those in the garden. And the next thing I know, they're telling me all about, you know. Yeah, they don't find the $500 ones in no, the garden. they do not. Or my dairy cows. We were we were right next to the we were right next to the uh, a booth this weekend. It was their first show ever, and their their business is rubber ducky isopods. Oh, and they had a ton of different isopods, and they even gave Logan some. Uh, the guy came over to me at one point and asked me if I was Logan's dad, and I said, "Yeah." And he said, "And your kid's awesome." He asked me better questions than anyone has ever asked me before about isopods. And at the end of the weekend, they ended up giving him some. Some zebra isopods. Those are so Just fun. Random, I, I random yelling from the back. <laughs> zebra. <laughs> it was the voice of God, you know. <laughs> Noah. All right. Uh, I do like zebras. Zebras are cool. You notice they didn't give them rubber duckies. No, no, I wouldn't have expected that or accepted that. <laughs> Too much pressure to keep them. Up. That is a lot of pressure for uh for uh, was a little tiny. I was saying, <laughs> Ashley did flips over that. Everyone can't see that, but. She's flipping around. <laughs> Do y'all have any isopods? I gotta imagine y'all have something. Do y'all have duckies? We have duckies. We have zebra. We have uh, panda king. We have um, lots of uh, giant canyons and cows. And of course, tons of dairy cows. Dairy cows. That's what I love about dairy cows. They breed yeah. like crazy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're like in. The, you know, we've got a one of our hangar suits set up in there, so pretty much whenever you're, you know, making breakfast, there's a, a bunch of crustaceans next to you. Yeah, That's we a, have that and everything. Katie has her uh, hers from class. They were on our counter in the kitchen for the longest time, but she had to use the griddle the other day, so they got moved. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, laid them. I know Not the feeling. Yeah. I didn't want them to get too hot next to the griddle. Mm-hmm. <laughs> It was what? a legitimate concern. You throw them on the griddle. It's like eating shrimp. I moved the uh, I moved my cook frog you. too. Cook you a few. Put them in the pancakes for protein. It's my frog. It was getting too cold in my craft room, so I had to move it. For your fat ass frog. I know. Poor guy. Poor guy. It's a fat ass frog. He's healthy. Okay, I'm healthy. <laughs> Robert, did you hear that? We're healthy. I'm fucking extra healthy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm working on. I'm getting close. You gotta get healthier, man. I can't both talk at the same time, then it cancels each their, other their out. Their phones are arguing. No, I'm first. I'll go away. <laughs> <laughs> no, don't leave. I'm going up. Oh, that's hilarious. He's fancy. He has, he's going upstairs to where all the packing material is. Ah, uh, so he's just gonna go pop like bubbles for a while. Yeah, so he can make some more noise for you guys. <laughs> there you go. So, 
Darren Watson said he had a zoology class. And by the way, everybody, it's zoology, not zoology. That drives me absolutely nuts. People say zoology, and it's, it's not right. You're adding an extra O hey, in James, there. where's that button you made just for me? Oh, for the... For when you're on your soapbox. Let it go! That's right. Let it go. Okay. <laughs> I'm not letting it go. I'm not letting it go. It's, zoo- it's but, zoology, not zoology. Uh, yeah, I'm going to have way too much fun with these damn buttons. But he was in his zoology class in high school. And the professor used to bring in his corn snake. What keeps him in the po- hobby is the unique choice of animals we have to work with, the ease of care compared to the 90s, and better tempered animals. Tempered? I think mm-hmm. temperament. No, better tempered. Same thing as temperament, though, right? It's, t- it's referring to the animal. It seems like a weird use of that word. It's not. I'm not sure that's right. We'll check it later. Also, it's easier to acquire exotics, and then Morph Market has elevated the hobby. That is true. Morph Market has changed how most people buy. I saw a post today in a group, in a ball python group, of course. So most, uh, it was something along the lines of, is Morph Market an okay place to buy animals? I saw that. Like, <laughs> what? There were like 50 responses to it in no time. Oh my gosh. It was. Has anyone ever had any luck on buying on Morph Market? <laughs> That's what it was. Oh, oh. Like, is this your first day? <laughs> yeah. James. What? Tempered is a combining That's what you do to glass. It, you combine it with other words, and it means having a specified temper or disposition. Yeah, I'm not giving, I'm not, I'm not giving like Darren. Word. Darren's like, wrong. Like, like no, my not. ex-wife was ill-tempered. Correct. <laughs> Got okay, it. in that sense, I mean, I that, guess that, that's, that's the right that. way to use the word. I don't actually. <laughs> you know his ex-wife? No. <laughs> uh, <Yeah>, be glad. <laughs> she's listening to this podcast sometimes. Anyways, yeah. Lavissa said what originally got me started was watching snake discovery videos about a year and a half ago, which are great videos. I do love Ed Nimley stuff. She was terrified of snakes before then, but always loved lizards. I don't even remember why I started watching the videos. Then I started watching Clint from Clint's Reptiles, and it was over. I was obsessed. I told my husband I wanted some, and he was like, as long as I don't have to touch them, have a blast. What keeps you in the hobby is the fact that I love the animals, and I met some really freaking cool people along the way. And then people randomly put reptiles in her bags, and she goes home with them. Bless her heart. <laughs> that is crazy. So for a year and a half ago, she was afraid of snakes. And now someone threw some egg-eating snakes into her bag, and she didn't know until she got home. <laughs> so, that's, I mean, that's quite the... Quite the leap. 17 years ago. Yeah, but I knew every single one of these snakes I was bringing home. No, 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 no. But 17 years ago, I wouldn't walk into a room with a snake, and well, now I'm doing a podcast. That's because you have Frankenboa behind my head. She's not Frankenboa. Her face looks fine. Yeah, but that's the only name I know her by. That's because she doesn't have a name. Well, then give her a name. I'm not giving her a name. Then she's Frankenboa. She's not Frankenboa. She's the sun glow. You call them by what they are. No. I'm, give it a name. I'm not Robert and Rachel. I don't give everything a cute little name according to some. I didn't say it had to be, but she is Frankie. No, that, that only one of us does that. <laughs> <laughs> it is all themed out in your snaker. You yeah, tell you tell whatever yep. she was watching when she started naming shit. Yep. Yep. Like, got Harry Potter. You've got Sons of Anarchy. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's a whole theme. Uh, mm-hmm. Christian Parr said that Steve, Steve Irwin was a huge influence on him as a kid. He watched Crocodile Hunter every day. Now I really enjoy keeping and learning about reptiles in my collection. Everything from the natural history of reptiles to the continuous improvements to better keep reptiles in captivity. That's a lot of words. You gotta learn to breathe when you talk. <sighs> no, not in the mic. <sighs> no, James, stop it. I hate you. <laughs> so, Steve Irwin was that. That I think some other people on here also said Steve Irwin. But I that feel was like a, big a one. lot of people. We're at the age 
for most similar to all the people our age in the hobby grew up on Steve Irwin. Yes. So I I now have all we're, the, we're on the younger side of that too. Yeah, I now have all four Steve Irwin uh figurines. It's great. That you do. It's great. Are you gonna cut cut his head open to see if there's something in it? <laughs> that was a stupid TikTok. There was a TikTok so he saw about a TikTok video earlier where someone cut open the head of one of their um I kinda of think what they're Funko called. Pop. Funko Pop. And there was stuff inside the head, oh which God. obviously is not what it was. They cut the head off, put something in there. Anyways, the way it's spliced together. But stupid people are going to watch that video and start now start cutting their Funko Pops open. That's sad. And be horribly upset when nothing's inside the head. If you shake it, yeah. you can hear whether or not there's Yeah, but people are head. stupid. People are stupid. Don't, if you're listening now, please don't cut open your Funko Pops. Especially Steve Irwin Funko Pops. If you're going to cut open Steve Irwin Funko Pops, please send them to me. They can live with the rest of my Steves. <laughs> in harmony. All Steves, all the time. Anyways, Brandon Milchamp said, cool animals got me started to strive to learn about the amazing animals I keep, keeps them going, and sometimes it's hard, but it's definitely rewarding. Victor said, knowing that I get to work with some cool species of snakes and learning about more diverse species of snakes. Anyway, a lot of you really wanted to answer this one. Our buddy Tracy, she said, what originally got her started was uh, between her aunt's iguana and Steve Irwin. Uh, glued to the TV every time he was on. Nowadays, I love learning about all the different kinds of reptiles and talking to people about them. I'm fascinated with watching and caring for my animals. Tracy just had garter snake babies born. That's cool. Little albino garter snake babies. Oh, they're exciting. I guess. Well, they're fun to feed. Don't they eat fish? Mm-hmm. Yeah, you put a bunch of little fish in a bowl and they go crazy. That's cool. They put their head in the water and they just sling it around until they bite one. <laughs> They look like they're having a spasm. But you got a little, the albino ones are really cool looking for a snake that musked like crazy and didn't smell that great. Nathan Holcomb said, I cannot remember back that far. I just remember seeing my first Eastern box turtle and fell in love. Always walked with this lady and her dog and always found them. Always catching snakes, usually water snakes, but varied so much from copperheads, cottonmouths, ringnecks, anything else. Lizards, turtles, crawdads. Anybody that know what a crawdad is? It's a crawfish or a crayfish or... The stuff you put on a po' boy. Say crayfish. Well, some people are from the north and they say crayfish. No, that is unexpected. I can't help the wrong. I'm I just trying to explain what it is. No, sir. Well, I think I crayfish is the actual like, no, it's not. name it's not. of them. It's not. I don't care. Negative. I live in Louisiana. It's a whole thing down here. They're crawfish. How do you, how do, oh, okay, yeah, Robert, how do you pronounce the nut that comes off of a tree that you can eat? Which one? He can no. Shut the fuck up. That you is do not. Porta potty on the side of the road. Pecan. Pecan. A pecan. I knew exactly where you were going. Trash. So. Yeah, Trash. Yes. Pecan. No. no. Uh, <laughs> Nathan said later in life he discovered Steve Irwin and discovered somebody that didn't call them creepy and claimed that they all needed to be. They all needed to be so he became a habit of. Nathan, I'm gonna need you to proofread some stuff, man. It's like reading some of my kids' stuff. <laughs> Uh, anyways, so yeah, that was I'm, I, I can't. I fell apart there, Nathan. I apologize. <laughs> Moving on, Reggie. That's just a fun name. Anybody, anybody, uh, uh, Bad Boys fan? Oh. Who the fuck is Reggie? Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> you look thirty, <laughs> <laughs> bitch, bitch, <at> least. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. I'm moving on before I start. Yeah. Okay. Yep. So Reggie said, I'm a, I'm a special needs teacher. And for our science unit, I got someone with different animals to come in and show the kids. Held the snake. Then a week later, was at his local reptile shop. And the obsession began. As for keeping him in the hobby, he's still as excited and geeked out every time one of the snakes moves. 
I mean, as long as that move isn't a bowel movement, I'm excited. These are very much on the same par to me as dogs are to other people. I also like to promote naturalistic keeping and providing the best conditions for animals, but minimum conditions for survival. And it's exciting to see how this is becoming more popular. And if anybody else is into natural keeping and you want a good enclosure for that, I know two people who make really bright colored, weird looking enclosures that would make great naturalistic enclosures. Absolutely. Just saying, we may talk about them a little bit. Uh, Brittany Nicole Deason said, the need for proper education on care, the amount of animals, reptiles, and exotics living poorly. That's what got her into the hobby. Excuse me, I'm sorry. And then the ones get poorly are what keeps her in the hobby? She wants to educate more people. Gotcha. That makes sense. Okay, some people put a lot. Some people didn't put enough. I understand what she says. <laughs> Do you, though? All right. Ryan Goslow said, I first got started by watching a lot of dinosaur documentaries. I watched a lot of dinosaur stuff as a kid. Ashley, you're not in your head. You watch a lot of dinosaur stuff. You own a dinosaur. Yeah. Um, yeah, a couple. Bill Nye. That was, like, my favorite episode. Bill Nye, the science guy. Do, 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 do. I love Bill Nye. And I remember Beekman's World. Mm-hmm. With the big, mm-hmm. it, it was, like, the weird version of Bill Nye with a big talking rat. That was a weird-ass show. I don't know. That just, See, I'm thinking of Bill Nye. I mean, Beekman's World. I'm old enough that I watched Mr. Wizard. I love Mr. Wizard. Nice. Yeah. I used to watch Mr. Wizard. I used to watch Bozo the Clown and Mr. Wizard. I love Bozo. It was on WGN. Bozo yep. the Clown came on WGN, which is why I watched yep. like every Bulls game growing up because it was on WGN. Yep. Uh, there's nothing like like science shows anymore. On t- it's it's a shame. So there are. It's just Wild on. I do love Wildcrats. Wildcrats is really great. I said PBS has a lot of really cool stuff, but there's also like on Discovery Plus. Yeah, you didn't have to pay for that. But well, that I was gonna say yeah, the new Duff thing where he talks about is. cooking. It's, it's, it's cool. the science of cooking, but it's geared at kids. It's got puppets. Yeah. So it's either geared at kids or guys smoking a lot of weed. Okay. I don't Because if you're smoking that. a lot of weed and you're watching Muppets talking about how to make food, it seems like it would probably go together. Okay. I'll take your word for it. Might give that a shot. I mean uh anyways he said uh watching lots of dinosaur documentaries which led into crocodiles and eventually other reptiles introducing him to people like steve Irwin, steve Bagshill, nigel marvin and david attenborough that's sir david attenborough mm. it was he just turned what was he 95 wasn't that what it was i think so 95 God, i'm no, so jesus sorry. christ so sorry just hit the table why don't you my elbow uh, it was through these people and various books that he, got, he read and kept his interest and what kickstarted his desire to keep reptiles starting with a pair of bearded dragons in 2013 I wonder if he bought those I don't feel like anybody buys bearded dragons anymore somehow people just end up with them people buy bearded dragons at the show all the it's time it's not possible I've never bought a bearded no, dragon and I've owned like seven no 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 there was someone that came to a show I forget where, but they were very angry because there was only two, two bearded dragons dragon at the whole show. Oh, no, no, not breeders. Uh, there were total. two bearded dragons total. Just wait. Someone will give you one. But they wanted a baby. Well, shit. Someone will give you a full grown bearded Someone will dragon. give you a bearded dragon, a 55 gallon tank, a stand, all the food, everything. They'll just give it to you. Yep. No one no one buys bearded dragons. They just, they hand them right. out. I think they give them to you. She bought two. You're but they're, somebody. You know, they're morphs. So that's why she bought them. I think we we did buy one. We bought one we morph. Three others he, was an asshole. he was a dick. Yeah, you're three <laughs> others. Yeah, the one I paid and for I was an asshole. Language. Like, <laughs> let's, let's take I was like, a moment. I was like, ooh, let's buy this bright red one. It's going to be really pretty. And then you can never hold the motherfucker. Yeah, he was horrible. 
that's what what happens when you buy a bearded. I've been better off buying a crocodile monitor. Other lizards that we've purchased, we've not had this issue with. Yeah, my my Euromastix hates being held, but he doesn't bite me. He's he's better. No, he's not. That's our dog crying. That was our dog. I heard her. So uh, Ryan, so what keeps him interested is wanting to learn more about animals every day, trying new things, and overall wanting to experiment with my care methods. Our buddy Travis Wyman said what got him started was catching a snake on the playground when he was five. What keeps him is enjoying the behaviors and activities of the species he works with. And then Lance Kirkman said he's allergic to all things furry. Used to keep tropical fish. But when he moved to middle school, he tried his hand at a box turtle. I, I had a box turtle. Did any of y'all have a box turtle when you were kids? I'm the only weird one who had a box turtle. No, nope, I had one. Oh, see. You still have a box turtle. It's like 700 years old. It's 42. 700. I've seen that She's thing. She's a year older than I am. She's woken me up in the morning. <laughs> I've been sleeping and then wondering why I'm hearing somebody knock on a door in my sleep. And then I wake up and there she is just trying to walk into the side of the tank. <laughs> uh, She's telling you, hey, hey, big man, get up here and feed me. <laughs> that seems creepy the way you started that. So yeah. then uh, Lance said, then a failed chameleon, which he ended up selling back to the breeder. He was so happy at how good he looked. He was too angry for a pet. And in college, he tried his hand, and, and this is Lance trying to be fucking fancy. Lance, stop it. He said he in college, he tried a royal python. We're in America, Lance. It's a ball python. Don't try and fancy that shit up. They're ball pythons. Only give He was given terribly inaccurate information, and he baked it under a red light. When he moved for his job, he was introduced to the right way of keeping, again, mystery balls, not royals. And I picked up, and he picked up one, and then was taught how small locality balls can be, which are pretty cool, and the rest is history. I really hate the term royal pythons. And I get it. Their name is Python Regis and whatever. But the motherfuckers ball up. We've called them ball pythons for like 50 years. I'm calling it a ball python. You can't fancy up a turd. It's still a turd. And I know ball python people are getting upset right now. But this is humor. I just... You own ball pythons, you have to have a sense of humor. Or you just cry and they never eat. Yeah, I mean, I got one that hasn't eaten for seven months, and I'm not really concerned at all. <laughs> yeah, because you got a king snake, but doesn't eat. You just let him play yeah. with king snake. Yeah, uh, he's this. He's he's like a two thousand gram male, so I don't think that king snake's gonna <laughs> eat him. You need a bigger king snake. Or I think Stephen was trying to say something. What you got, Stephen? No, I was just saying that's the circle of life, man. It just works <laughs> yes. itself out. That's what I need on my yep. side. The circle of life. I need to add that. <laughs> money <laughs> so all right ashley what got you into the hobby and what keeps you in the hobby giant lizards all around on both sides both sides both sides when i was uh probably i don't know i think i was about six i wanted a nile monitor because back in the 90s that's basically you could get an iguana or a nile monitor both bad options and- in the 90s Oh, horrible, horrible. Hold on, hold on, hold on. We got to back up. You said you were six in the 90s. Yeah. Okay. Just Robert, you're old. We've had this conversation before. I was born in the 80s. This is the early 90s. Okay. Uh, So anyway, uh, in the early 90s or any of the 90s, uh, green iguanas, Nile monitors, uh, pretty common. And my parents were like, eh, I'm not sure we want to get a Nile monitor. They seem to be, like, pretty big, and uh, they eat rats. Um, so they're like, oh, an iguana's great. <laughs> so uh, hmm. I had to uh, basically teach myself how to uh, take care of iguanas. 
uh, for a year. So they said, okay, your seventh birthday, we'll get you an iguana, right? That's a fucking horrible birthday for a seven-year-old. Well, backtracking a little bit, my dad, uh, HPD canine officer, so he, um, basically I grew up with lots of, uh, I guess, he was a patrol officer, so it was uh, some very interesting, interesting dogs. And uh, so, I mean, a lizard was basically something that was completely harmless in his eyes. I mean, if it wasn't a dog that didn't have like two inch, you know, canines, then it wasn't a problem. And I was like, okay, bodies are cool. They only get to be like, you know, six feet long. He's like, yeah, cool. So he's like, as long as you, you know, you take care of it. So for a year, I read, I got like the Iguana Bible. It was probably, I don't know, three inches thick. Uh, I couldn't read half the words, but I was looking at it and I was like, I know exactly how to take care of Iguanas. And so my seventh birthday rolled around. We went to the pet store uh, and my dad was like, hey, do you think your iguana needs a friend? <laughs> and uh, I was like, yeah, of course my iguana needs a friend. So we were the typical people in the 90s. And my mom was, oh, she was so mad that we ended up coming home with basically an aquarium and two wild caught mite infested iguanas. Uh, and that was my start into the reptiles. So it's and, amazing that you stayed in reptiles. Well, yeah. Um, I, I was on Dominique's podcast and I kind of explained how we decided to put basically like slate rock in the bottom of that aquarium on a second story, uh, in a second story room that I had to clean by myself as a child. I had to take all the rocks downstairs, hose them off with bleach, and then put them back in every time the iguana pooped on it. So I was <laughs> like, this is awful, but I love it because I wanted these iguanas so bad. Like, <laughs> seriously, I was stoked from the beginning. So, uh, yeah, basically now it's, uh, it's turned into still giant lizards, um, also small lizards, snakes. Uh, I've got some invertebrates, of course, the isopods, so they're not bugs, they're crustaceans. Um, and yeah, now it's just, it keeps me passionate about it. It's mostly like the community and being able to share it with people. That's why I love the podcast and stuff. It's like you can actually in the 90s, yeah, we didn't even have internet. So whenever, you know, I got to share this stuff on forums, oh, the forum days. Uh, and now, not so much Facebook. I don't really spend a whole lot of time on that talking about reptiles. But, um, but yeah, like going to shows and stuff, it's really, that's what keeps me passionate about the, about the hobby now. So, Stephen, what got you into it? I'm assuming it was not the path of I bought, I bought iguanas. No, I'm very into it. It was real easy. Oh, good, Katie. You can, you can. I can relate. Uh huh. Yeah, I didn't grow up. I mean, hardly. There were hardly any pets around. You know, we didn't have dogs, cats, none of that stuff. We had no reptiles, no anything. My dad. I mean, they, they couldn't be more excited to, you know, get rid of a snake or, or run off some reptile they found. So it was kind of a, definitely a thing that I end up marrying into, and I, I don't know. I kind of found it super interesting. The more I, you know, got to know Ashley and stuff. The, kind of learning more, I guess, about the animals and how they're kind of misunderstood. And I think that's what kind of like kept me into it is learning more about something that is just so, I mean, just wildly misunderstood. There's so much misinformation. And I, I guess I like proving people wrong. And there's so many people who don't like them for no reason. I'm like, ah, it's making me like them more. <laughs> I feel like we could be best friends, Stephen. Like, I feel like we have very similar philosophies as spouses. <laughs> yeah, but here's the difference, though. You married into snakes or in these small cages, say small cages, in, in moderately sized cages. She's got dinosaurs. This is, 
I have you are very envious tonight. I mean, I am envious because I one of them I um, think is the most beautiful lizard on earth. And <laughs> you got to get over this. It is no, but I don't want one. Feature. I'm not. I'm not envious. Envious that I want one. <laughs> I enjoy having like fingers. Oh my goodness! They scare the crap out of me. <laughs> Ask Stephen how that went. Yeah, I, I made a big mistake. Like I got super cocky, super fast with our our cross monitors. Um. You know, I, I, I kind of messed with him a little bit. I've been taking him in and out of his enclosure. And, you know, I kind of felt like we were starting to be buddies. And sure enough, like, I randomly opened the door one day. He was super hungry. He was real busy. So I opened the door. I don't know what I was doing in there. I think I was like, oh, I'll, I'll see if he'll just climb up my arm, being an idiot. Mm-hmm. We've got two Dobermans that are running around the house. And usually I put them up when I mess with the cross monitor just in case something happens. You know, we can kind of isolate the situation and. I did not do that. I just got excited. I opened the door. I jammed my arm in there. And sure enough, stepped on my hand, climbed mm. right up my arm. I'm like, this thing must love me. I mean, we are the best of friends, I guess. I'm <laughs> an, I am him at the enclosure. And as soon as he's in the living room, you go from, you know, uh, an enclosure to a house. And he wigs out. So immediately runs straight up my head, straight down my back. And I'm freaking out because the dogs are still out. They're like grabbing by his tail like an idiot just the situation he hits the floor i grab him by his back legs and i pick him up and i'm just holding him by his back legs and he's literally squirming like a fish and it's this is okay so far that lizard turned around and it bumped my hand and that was like a warning and i still kept holding him like i don't know what to do the dogs are out I, i've got this you know this cross monitor i'm like i need to put him up and i didn't want to just you know let him go immediately and as i'm thinking all this he turns around again and he something just latches onto my hand those teeth are wicked. Mm. Well, the first one wasn't bad. So it bit down on my hand, and I'm like, okay, it's just holding my hand in its mouth. So I'm like, okay, I'm not going to teach this animal that it bites me. I'm going to let it go, and it's all okay. So I keep holding the croc as it's bit my hand, and what happens is is it repositions, and it bites down again, and it does the you know Jurassic Park Velociraptor shred, and it split my hand open immediately. How many stitches? Uh, uh, I had like three or four, I think is what it took. Gosh. So it was super, four. super bad. It was super deep. Now, actually, you know, she hears me yelling like, I'm having an issue. I'm like, I'm an idiot. I'm holding this thing. I'm like, come in here. It's got me by my hand. And as she's walking in, it does the tearing. So that's when it splits my hand open. And this is literally, there's never been a football play this night. So she comes running in the room. As soon as it splits my hand open, I just release. And as soon as I release, the cross lets go of my hand. And I just drop him. And as I do, Ashley comes in and just totally catches this animal. Uh, he's totally fine. She just takes him hand over hand, walks him back to the enclosure, puts him in there, and he just climbs up on his back, bathroom shelf, and just lays down. No problem. <laughs> oh. And then I'm looking at my hand, and I can see inside it. I mean, it's, I've never seen this kind of stuff. I mean, the blood is poured out. It's all in the kitchen. It's all over the dining room. Mm. I'm trying to, like, you know, wash it off and... All I can think is, like, how stupid am I? So how big is that croc monitor at that moment? Oh, he's a couple months old. I mean, he's not even a year. Oh, so he's not, he's not, like, destroy your hand big yet. But he is now. He's big now, right? He's probably, I don't know, one and a half times the size he was when he, when he, that. He's he's still small. Oh, yeah, he's small. Very little. Super little. I was amazed. Like, I was. When he bumped my hand, I'm like, oh, this is okay. And then when he bit my hand, I'm like, this isn't so bad. I'm like holding this thing like, 
oh, this is what people are scared of, a cross monitor bite? And then sure enough, he's flying <laughs> planet. I'm like, oh, this <laughs> I'm going to put you up, you know? Yeah, the, the teeth so, on a croc monitor. The, the, well, the teeth on them and then the claws on them. Those guys are built different than other monitors. They are just, but they're amazing looking. It's the most, it's the closest you can get to like what it looks like when you watch Jurassic Park and they show you a Velociraptor's face. It's, it's a croc monitor's face. The eyes are smart. Like you, it's thinking, it's, I, I, I worked kind of with one when I interned at a zoo in college. And he was not friendly. He was full grown, probably eight foot, angry. Uh, and there was no like, let's move this thing by hand. It was all shift cage and he did stuff when he wanted to. And that's when I was like, yeah, this is not the lizard for me. That thing is as amazing as it looks. And I think that green color is amazing on them. But that's a big lizard. Oh, he's super. I mean, you know, that, that's not, I'm not trying to say he's aggressive or anything. So I'm like, oh, he's yeah. actually nice about the situation. You know, when I grabbed him, he gave me the warning bump. And then he gently bit my hand, and then he sliced me up. And so I'm like, he gave me multiple warnings to put him away. And I'm like, well, I'm not listening, you know. I don't know what's going on here. <laughs> so it's like totally my fault that he's such a he, she, whatever. I mean, he's such a such a cool animal. I mean, this thing's looking, it's thinking. I mean, it's there's there's some lights on upstairs for sure. That thing is awesome. I don't know that I can handle animals that are smarter than I am. They're smart. I know. Ashley, I'm assuming you spend a lot of time training with, with them. Well, he's incredibly intelligent. It's, it's funny because you'll, you'll look and like the eyes just dilate and you know the next movement he's going to be, he's going to be thinking, he's going to be going somewhere. It's, it's absolutely fascinating. Now I've worked a lot with the Salvatores, which are the, uh, the uh, Asian water monitors. I have, uh, I don't even, uh, what? Four of those. So I have four Salvatores that I've, um, basically raised since like hatchlings or various, you know, juveniles. And, um, they're just, they're a little bit less, I guess, intimidating than a croc monitor. Um, they're a little bit more. See, that's I how think... you know a croc monitor is intimidating. If when a water monitor is like, it's not as intimidating. <laughs> and that's still, yeah. like, historically, that's been a big lizard in the hobby that you just didn't mess with. Now, it's changed a lot. I mean, they're definitely calmer now. And, with the way Kevin puts out videos of his water monitors and how calm they like, it's definitely different now. But when you're like, yeah, they're not that intimidating. That's how, that tells you a croc monitor is intimidating. Like it's- the amount of intelligence and the anything arboreal is definitely you can tell there's a difference. So like water monitors, like I say, they're kind of dopey. They're like I call them my little birds. They're just they're fun. They're they're kind of twitchy, but like you can mess with them. You can put your like hand over their head. You can mess with their face. You know, I've done lots of work with them. But the croc monitor, even working with him, he's still very um, hesitant to trust things that are above him because they're, you know, they're up in the trees. They're the ones that are supposed to be the king, you know. So anything that's above them, you can definitely tell that they're uncomfortable. Um, and they're not as, uh, I guess, trusting as the salvators, even when it comes down to um, even feeding time. So, like, now he'll eat and, like, you can go in and out of the enclosure, change water, anything like that. And he just kind of looks at you like, oh, okay. Like, not um, nervous, but they're always on uh, on alert. They're they're very, very intelligent. So, it's, it's interesting to see. They're still a monitor. They're still Varanus. But the croc monitor is definitely, like, the epitome of, of intelligence and reptiles. And you can tell that there's there's something there. So, like, people always say, oh, reptiles are stupid. You know, they just kind of, they've existed for millions of years, and because they're simple, I'm like, no, 
there's definitely some lights on there. It's uh, we have a carpet python too, and he's he's kind of like I guess the the water monitors where there's some intelligence there, but there's also a little bit of dopiness. So it's fun to see like how he like figures out stuff, and he like when he goes in and out of his enclosure and like I guess kind of hunting, and it's all bioactive and everything. So it's just neat to see how these arboreal animals um, are just so different than, you know, other types. It, it's really cool. But, yes, the croc monitor, definitely a, an amazing creature. Definitely something to respect. He's just yeah. a little baby. He's got some big-ass teeth. <laughs> yeah, don't yeah. grab him by the tail. Don't, that's not a good <laughs> yeah, they're not a – you, you don't force them to do stuff. They do what they want, and you work around that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I handled it several times before, and it was all good. And then I just, like a dummy, grabbed him. I'm like, oh, this is why you don't relax. You always stay on top of what you're doing. Don't ever get too comfortable. And don't grab just, lizards. <laughs> yeah. Like, like I said, they're one of the most beautiful lizards on Earth. And, and, awesome. I, and, I, and I I think I like them more than Komodos. I just, I, there's some, I've, you, there's not a, whenever you see people take pictures of their face, even the picture, you can be like, now that animal's thinking. Even just in the still frame picture, the animal was thinking while this was happening. And uh, I just, what kind of caging do you have for those guys? Well, for the crop monitor, yeah. Go on, Steven. Yeah, it's in a what is that thing? It's six foot tall, it's three foot deep, and it's four foot wide. Oh, damn. Um, that's what we got in in right now, and we've got like some shelves that are made into it, and they have like some kind of ladders that'll bring them up to the floor and we've got this like hovering shelf and another ladder that brings them up to the basking area so that's what we've got in the now is like kind of a you know a babyish sort of setup uh but like you know the other monitors they're in like eight by four by fours or they're in like these ridiculously giant greenhouses inside the house i mean it's our house is jacked up man you walk through here it is it is crazy looking i mean there's it, it is a zoo and then there's like people who happen to live in here I'm yeah, just wondering because I go ahead. Five rooms of the house are taken up by reptiles. Yeah. Well, I was just thinking, I'm doing the math here. There's at least five lizards in your house that are gonna be over seven, eight foot, full grown. I I just can't imagine the logistics of housing five of those guys. That's that's insane. That's that's a lot of big like walk in enclosures. We've got yeah, we've got uh, multiples of those. Um, there's double deckers. We we kind of we have a I guess we call it like a portal system where they can go to multiple enclosures. And uh, it's yeah, whenever people come over, they're like, wow, there's a there's a lot of reptiles here because like I don't think people really understand the extent of animals that we have here. I mean, snakes, lizards, birds, everything. <laughs> but yeah, they are all in all kinds of. Um, yeah, I guess. Well, the South Forest—they're probably only going to max out about like five and seven feet. They're not going to be like the croc monitor that's just like super long. But the fortunate thing about the croc monitors is they're not like heavy bodies, so most of it's tail, really. Yeah, and and teeth and claws. Yeah, and teeth and claws. And but big ass teeth and claws. <laughs> and you have the the black dragons, right? The black water monitors, right? Or at least one. So I have one, that's Dex. He's the one that I always bring to the shows. Uh, he's actually imported from the Netherlands. He's um, part of, um, I never know if I say their name right, Kilobet or Quality Reptiles is I guess what they, they 
they in English. Um, but they're uh, from the Netherlands and they breed like tegus. They uh, specialize in the black dragons and absolutely phenomenal animals. Uh, when Dex came here, he was probably, he was between six months and a year. Uh, he was still quite small, but he was super flighty. Uh, he never had any, like, I guess, uh, 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 defensive tendencies like he, he would tail whip but never like biting or anything and I just worked with him for probably about a year before he really became as quote tame as he is now and when I take him to shows everybody's like oh my god he's so amazing he's so calm and I'm like that is hours and hours of work for him to just sit on my shoulders and be calm because he is a tank he is a powerhouse he's probably I'd say he's probably about 30 pounds now, maybe more. I've never weighed him. Wow. He never stops moving. But yeah, he's a, he's an awesome, he's an awesome creature. He's probably almost fully grown. He's probably about five to six feet long. Um, but definitely heavier bodied, of course. The males are going to be a little bit more beefy. But, uh, he's a super cool dude. Um, he's part of a, a very long term breeding project that I have. Uh, and he's kind of like the keystone of it, but he's got an absolutely amazing personality and he's just super fun to work with. Like I said, they're a little less, I guess, um, intimidating as the crop, uh, just because he really doesn't have any kind of, um, tendencies to want to, to bite or anything like that. Now their tail, a Salvatore's tail is very flat and they, I've bled from being whipped by one of their tails. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's great. So the, I'm, I've never really paid attention to the, the genetics of those guys. The black, is that just a recessive trait, or how does that work? So I've heard it called recessive, and I've also heard it called incomplete dominant. Now, I'm not going to be super, I guess, I'm not a geneticist in any way, but I, the way that it, I understand it is there's it's heterozygous, so it would be recessive, um, because you're going to have a non-visual. Well, you can, it depends. You can have a heterozygous incomplete dominant trait. Yes. So, so the thing, that's... I, I view it as more recessive because you're going to have a uh, a het is not going to be visual. So, uh, yeah. and I've heard like Kevin at Nerd talk about it as incomplete dominant. But I've also heard like the people who I got uh, Dex from is recessive. So I'm not, I don't want to proliferate any bad information. I basically, I call it recessive. So it's going to be a trait. It's not. It's not like albinism in in nature, where it's going to be like a, I guess, hindrance. So being a black water monitor in Indonesia is not necessarily a bad thing. So I, I figure that it's actually fairly common um, in, in nature. Um, but yeah. So I have a uh, het black dragon and het exanthic uh, female that uh, I bought from this is a guy who Michael Cole. Um, in Florida, he does a lot of all Python stuff. Yeah. Um, and so they're kind of like part of the, I guess, the breeding program that I have. So I'm guessing Exanthic and those guys are just like black and white. You don't have yellow anywhere. It's just a. So Exanthic is generally lacking the yellow pigment. Um, and I do have a visual Exanthic, and she's basically like a gray. Um, her name's Ember, so she looks basically like Ash. She's got a huh. kind of a gray. And a, a whitish kind of color, but yeah, they—that uh, is definitely recessive. That one I know for sure. They don't, you know, that one's not any kind of like a. It's way less common. Uh, most of them are wild caught, uh, but they're—I mean, absolutely beautiful animals. Once again, it's not necessarily like albinism. It's not a bad thing to be, 
you know, exantic in nature. So we're, we're seeing more and more of them. They're very, they're beautiful animals. But yes, the, the black dragons are, they're just absolutely awesome. You can kind of see a little bit of pigmentation on some of them on their bellies and on their tails. You can kind of see how the, the Salvatores, they have the, um, not stripes. What am I trying to say? Like, I guess, uh, the bar, the bars or bands. The, the bands on their tail. And, mm-hmm. uh, Dex, what's amazing about him, his genetics is he is almost 100% black, which is so cool. He's just such a cool dude. <laughs> so, where, where are y'all located? Where do y'all live? We're in Willis. So, like, it's not too far from Conroe. So, like, you take you know, Houston, we're about like 40 miles north of there, maybe. Something like that, so, 30, 40 miles north of Houston. Y'all are in a place where you can have y'all built any sort of outdoor enclosures for your lizards during the warmer months, or are y'all planning on doing outdoor enclosures for them? Or at a certain point, I don't know how they're going. I mean, I don't know how we're going to live in here. They're going to take over everything. I mean, it's <laughs> especially the way to acquire stuff. I have no idea. <laughs> that, that's I don't know. Because I know in Florida, like people in Florida are able to do that, build big outdoor enclosures and keep them out there. For most of the year, and it stays. Other than this year, it stays fairly warm where y'all are. So an outdoor enclosure. I'm just thinking, you know, seven foot lizards outside might be a little better than seven foot lizards in your bedroom. Well, yeah, here in Texas, it's actually pretty pretty good with the, um, you know, the guy you guys all know him, uh, Blake Wilson, who we got the croc monitor from. He keeps a lot of uh, a lot of his animals outside during the summer months, and it's. It's great for them because they get natural sunlight. You know, they get to hang out outside. Um, it's just really also comes down to, you know, being in a neighborhood. Uh, we've thought about, you know, the Morgan building. That's actually a super cool way. Uh, a lot of, I know a lot of people keep snakes. They're, they're ball python collections or, or, you know, snake collections in Morgan building. So, you know, there's a lot of opportunities as they grow, but they, I mean, they're all ranging from like two to four years old. So they're, they're, Still got some time. They're not, you know, fully, fully grown yet. But we have a lot of neat ideas as far as enclosures for the house, like inside of a house, um, to make it part of, I guess, kind of the living space, but being like a, I guess, an elegant part of it where it suits both the keeper and, you know, the animals is, is being kept within, like, uh, within an interior space. So you don't have to worry about winter or summer or anything like that. But, you know, it's probably just one of those things that we have in the works you know, within the next, you know, six months to a year. So it should be some pretty cool stuff coming there. Awesome. So, okay, so I want I wanted to talk about the lizards because the lizards are cool, but let's get back to the cages because that's what, whose brainchild was y'all's cages? Oh, that's all uh, Steven. Yeah, I guess it was me. Yeah. That, that, a lot of this stuff came out of a, a YouTube video watching a guy make a an acrylic computer part. So he was making like a distro plate, which is like kind of this deal that holds water for like a, you know, PC cooling comp- component. And it was cool. It was like, you know, a, this three-dimensional object. It was two pieces. It was bolted together. It was sealed. And it was, you know, just a little piece of acrylic. So I bought a El Cheapo tiny CNC machine to see if I could make this part. And instead of, you know, testing it on expensive clear plastic, I tried on some PVC and I was like, ah, Ashley has like 8 million animals, so they need enclosures. I'll try and make a little one. PVC soft, I'll, I'll give it a shot. I can't mess up too bad. And it is just, it, it's just exploded from there. I mean, literally, it was just a, let's see if I can make a, a little box for a kink. 
Um, and I sort of did. It was super awful. Then I made another one. It was just as bad. I made like 10 more. They were worse. And it just, you know, slowly started getting better. So I just kept trying. I'm like, well, this sucks. Let me try again. Oh, well, this didn't work. And I just kept going. And it's just gotten more and more insane since then. Well, and I think you hit it at the right time in the hobby. The hobby has moved, I don't say away from the way a lot of us keep, where we keep a lot of animals in a fairly small space. But there are a lot of people that have joined the hobby that don't want to keep that way. And they do want to have one lizard, one snake in a very extravagant cage, well, you know, bioactive and all that. You're, you came along at that perfect time where it's a better option than just the black box that everybody else does. Right? Yours comes in. Uh, how many colors can you do? I mean, it's... Oh, it's, it's, it's crazy. I mean, not even just colors. I mean, beyond like, you know, black, white, green, blue, red, yellow, gray. We've got frosted. We have black tinted. I mean, we have this... I have some other weird plastics that I'm kind of experimenting with that are somewhere in between. I mean, we have just nonsense out of control. But I mean, for me as an outsider, it's like, okay, people are so concerned about the appearance of an animal... And they have, you know, zero care at all about what they put it in. Like, why would you worry so much about what you're buying and care so much about, you know, what it is and what it looks like? And then you put it in this, like, you know, sad Craigslist aquarium with the, you know, McDonald's French fry light above it. And you're like, well, there it is. It's like, there's got to be something better. So, you know, me from the outside, I'm like, why doesn't the enclosure look as cool as the thing in it? Because a lot of times, like, people are, immediately if they don't know anything about reptiles they're super wigged out by them i'm like why don't you just try and make those people curious you know make an enclosure that looks cool that's set up cool and then people who may not be in the reptiles will want to know what the heck is this thing and then be kind of you know impressed by possibly what's inside it so it's it's meant to pull people in who might not necessarily be into it from the offset and it also helps people who are into it are like oh i can enhance this even further in a way just beyond buying the animal. So it's kind of like a, a value add for those folks, you know? Well, and I think it's also great because, well, and it feels like that area. I always hate, and we've talked about it before on this market, I always hate the argument of cages versus racks because I think they're both viable options. And so I think having several different versions of those options are the way to go. I don't, you're not going to get rid of racks. You're not going to get rid of cages. And they have this choice. You know, you're obviously not going to put a water monitor baby in a rack. That's just not going to happen. So obviously the cage is the right situation there. And so I think the other thing I like the way yours looks is you don't make, there's not really straight, there's not just 90 degree corners on a lot of your stuff. Like especially the windows. The windows don't have those 90 degree corners. You have kind of that cool futuristic robotic look to it, the way the the way it's in there and the way you do all that through the CNC machine. I think that looks really neat and adds an extra level to the cage. It's not a, just a green box with a window. It's mm-hmm. I saw the one he did for Sean Gray a year or two ago. That was the all the different, the different multiple different colors for him for the green and the purple and his logo, and that looked amazing. And I've seen that the splatter paint ones got to be one of the most popular ones people have seen and loved. Those are my favorite. Yeah, those those are <laughs> awesome looking. I like splatter paint everything though. So, <laughs> well, it's cool. I'm like, why has nobody done this? You know, I'm like, it's it, it's. It really adds another dimension that you can't just easily replicate. So there's never two that are exactly the same. So each one's unique. I mean, all the color combos are unique. Um, and it's just, it's fun. I mean, when you see it, it's just fun. You're like, oh, that's cool. And it, it's amazing how many people 
you can tell want to do it, but they're kind of worried about what people are going to think if they have this ridiculous looking splatter painted enclosure and it takes them a little bit of time. And sure enough, they kind of ease themselves into it. We'll have orders that, you know, a few weeks into it, they're like, you know, I think I'm just going to go ahead and add that because they're looking for something, you know, a little more ridiculous to, to kind of make it pop. But as far as like the angles and design and stuff, I mean, none of it's by accident. I don't just sit there and go, oh, you know, screws, they're all going to be four inches apart. I mean, if you ever look at like our enclosures, you know, they're, they're usually like an exponential increase in space along the screws. So they'll start closer towards the corners and they'll widen towards the center and then they'll neck back down. Uh, now, when I design corners and stuff like that, I'll actually offset the inside from the outside, and I'll play with those two offsets to see how they work with each other. Um, I mean, even just like, I mean, just position of like the door closures and stuff. I mean, I'll spend hours just moving them, you know, millimeter this way, millimeter that way. I'll look at it again. I'm like, I don't like it, and I'll rearrange it. And I just, I mean, I spend hours and hours on each one. None of them is just like a quick make a square, you know. Make a door, make a window, cut it out. I mean, it's a it's a stressful endeavor. Every time I make one, I'm like, oh my god, I'm gonna pull my hair out. I just spend <laughs> I mean, hours or days sometimes, you know, just changing the way that a, a door closes or where the door fits or something. I mean, it's, I'm a weirdo. I I just when I get focused on something, I cannot let go. Like I'm usually pretty easy going until I'm like laser focused on something and do this. I I cannot stop until it's right. Well, and I like that. I don't. So sorry. If you weren't playing on your phone, you wouldn't drop your phone. So sorry. <laughs> so uh, I, I like that, you know, when you go to a reptile show and if y'all are there and Joe Challoner with his Venomberg cages there and, and Robert's there with his racks and Todd's there with his cages, I don't feel like any of the four are really competing. All four are drastically different. Even like from cage to cage, I don't feel like you're competing with the typical black PVC cage. People want that and that's going to always sell. You're not, that's not your niche. Just like, you know, I've told Joe Chowner with his venom proof cages, he's not competing with those people. He's in a completely different niche. And I think that's one great thing about y'all. Y'all came along and doing your own thing. No one else is doing that. And for those people that want that showpiece in their living room for that one snake or that one lizard, y'all fill that, that role for them. And so I just think they're really cool cages. Yeah. Well, I mean, we have like no interest in just trying to fight everybody to sell everybody, every enclosure ever. It's like, I make the stuff that I like because it looks cool and it works good. And if somebody wants to buy it, you know, we're happy to sell it, but I'm not trying to go in there and figure out how I can, you know, knock off somebody's design and sell it for a nickel less just to, to have all the business. You know, it's just, there's, there's too much of that that goes on already. So I'm like, I'm just going to make stuff that we like, that we would want to have here. And if other people want to have it too, you know, we'll, we'll sure enough make it for them. And then you suffer through the same thing Robert has to suffer through, I'm sure, right now, is PVC. Has it gotten hard for you yet to get get PVC with everything going on? Fortunately, we have enough stuff. I mean, when we buy, like, this has gotten ridiculous. Like, every time we buy plastic, I'm like, well, I'm going to assume we're going to grow a little bit, so I buy a little bit more. And, you know, next time I'm like, hey, we got a bunch more orders. I want to buy that plastic, and I'm going to buy more. So it's just these oscillations of purchasing materials has gotten nuts. Now, we do yes. have plastic, but we've talked to, like, uh, pretty much any supplier around here. It's like, dude, it's like a 16-week wait just to get the stuff. So we're, I mean, we're ordering plastic, like, way out into the future. So we have piles yep. of stuff. And it's like, well, does that contribute to the, sh the shortage? You know, everybody's worried about plastic being to... not available. So you keep buying more, and everybody else is like, well, I got to buy more. So we're all hoarding plastic when we don't need it. I don't know. This could be the greatest yep. step ever, or, you know, it's 
it's going to get ugly for some who, who can't, you know, afford to cash flow all of the material just to sit on it. So Right. I, yeah. I go through 40 to 50 sheets a week. So, oh, I'm, sure. you know, and it's, it's, uh, it, luckily my supplier told me today he was actually had to bring me a sheet because I went and picked them up this morning and they didn't give me, they gave me one, one sheet too few. And uh, he, <laughs> luckily my house is on his way home. So he brought okay. the sheet to me today. And, uh, he, t- he nice. told me today that, that uh, he'll have some – he's got like 10 pallets coming at the end of the week, so, or end of next week. So, okay, uh, so breathe a little bit of a sigh of relief because I thought I was going to have to cancel the Lafayette show. Again? Uh, <laughs> yeah, again. That would be twice I'd have to cancel that show because – last time it was because I couldn't get tubs. Well, it's amazing how much material you buy and you look at it all piled up and you're like, we're good. This is going to last so long. And then sure enough, oh. you know, we can – Later, you're like, where did all of this go? There's nothing oh, yeah. left. It is gone instantly. Oh, yeah. I went there for spring break. We cut an entire pallet. And then the next show, we sold the entire pallet as racks. And there was nothing left. I'm like, the hell? That was a lot of plastic. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's funny. Up. A year and a half ago, we were buying, you know, like four sheets at a time. I was going to, you know, whoever had it. I'm like, uh, you know, I need a couple sheets. And I'm having them cut it up for me because, you know, I've got my old CNC machine too small. And now I'm having to make multiple trips with trailers. I'm like, this has gotten absurd, man. That's how it started. It's crazy. Go ahead. Uh, I, I just said that's how I started, too. Just, um, you know, started off cutting it with a circular saw on a router and then went to having my supplier cut everything. And then I was hand routing. I built jigs and I was hand routing everything. And then I found somebody to see and see it, and and then I got the program and designed it all myself, and started cutting it myself, and and uh, yeah, it's it, it. I think about how much money I spent paying paying my supplier to cut it for me, and uh, yeah, it's and crazy. And do what? Everything's all nominal there, so it's not exactly as accurate as it could be because they're just right. you know. <laughs> Well, luckily, my supplier that I was getting it from, they had a CNC panel saw. So ah. it cut it very accurately as long as the person input the dimensions correctly. <laughs> um, I dealt with that several times. So, um, yeah, you know, now cutting it with that Laguna machine, it's just dead on accurate every time, most of the time. Today, we were having a problem with it, not one to hold zero. But luckily, ah. it was off. Luckily, it was off up, so it was just cutting in the air above the PVC when we realized it was wrong, and uh, it didn't drive through the table like it did the last time that it wouldn't hold zero. Oh, yeah, it's amazing. I mean, if you screw up, like, I mean, when you set the bottom zero or something in your program, I mean, you'll annihilate hundreds of dollars worth of plastic instantly. I mean, I've just stood there stunned. You know, I yep. have system like that. You see the machine take off and drive through material through the wasteboard and it just starts driving yep. around and I'm oh my god. You're yep. looking for the <laughs> We've had it go to touch go to touch off and just drive right through the touch off button, oh, break the bit, break the touch off. Yeah. It's uh yeah, I mean it went to hit you know it was it was trying to I had I guess the magnet on the wrong spot on the collet. So it wouldn't recognize when it made contact with that plate. And I mean, it smashed through the plate, the bit literally, it just turned to dust. And I'm like, you're yep. panicking. You can't shut the machine off. You're like, holy God, just stop, <laughs> stop, stop. You're trying to unplug well, stuff and you're panicking. 
the power that that machine has will just amaze you. When mm-hmm. we, well, one time it it didn't turn the spindle on, and it cut it cut probably three of the my pieces out, <laughs> cut them beautifully without mm-hmm. the spindle until the bit finally broke off. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah, <laughs> and then we realized, oh shit, the spindle's not yeah. on. Yeah, it's like it's so quiet. What's going on? And it's just driving around and it's making lines. You're like, this doesn't look right. And then sure enough, pow, you see the oh, machine. Nope. Oh, no. There went I, an $80 bit. <laughs> yeah. I laughed last time I was there. We were cutting. And so I think it was the piece. It was it had routed out the spot where the heat tape goes. But when he'd cut it, he'd, he'd unfortunately programmed to cut all the way through. And so when we picked it up, it was in four well, pieces. What, what I did is like, where the heat tape goes, I, I did it to cut a um, to, to cut a, a mortise, and then I I guess when I selected all of the outsides to cut all of the profiles, I also selected the mortise. So it's oh. so it looks it up, fine it until we picked it up. Look great. It's like oh, because I use an eighth inch bit to cut all my profiles, so it's super small. And I was like, oh shit, <laughs> these are trash. Yeah, it looks like there's only like three of them, and it yeah. was. We caught it, and I was able to go fix the program before we went any farther. But yeah, yeah, super frustrating when you realize you did it too. You're like, oh, I didn't click something. You know, you cut something out, and you forgot a contour, and you're like, this is all for naught. You know, you sat there staring at it, watching it cut. You're like, oh, here we go, and then sure enough, oh, all right, I, I programmed forty sheets and realized I forgot to switch it back to three hundred inches per minute from hundred inches per minute from when I was cutting acrylic. And it starts cutting, and I'm like, oh, my God, I got to go back and resave all this G-code on all uh-huh. these pages. Yeah, I've done that yeah. more than once. Yeah, spindle typo, and instead of 18,000, it's 1,800. You're like, this isn't going to work either. <laughs> right. There's a lot to it. I mean, people think that you've got a CNC machine. You just, like, put a piece of plastic on, and you hit a button, and just money no. comes out of it. Dude, not at all. Well, that's why I love no. the folks that think that when they see a rack, they go, I can do that. Okay, just, have at it. Give it a shot. <laughs> well, yeah, you know, so, you could be like the guy in New Orleans that asks me for my cut plan so he can build his own. You know, can I have a list of your cut files so I can just build my own? Sure, bro. You want my computer with all of my marketing information too? And yeah. That's the issue we've run into. Like so many people just like want to know where we get all our material, how much it costs, oh, where do we get show. the Yeah, and I'm like, do you want to do this? So I'm like, maybe you can... You know, do a little work and try and figure it out. They, they want to yeah, do the everything. leg work. Yeah, go do the yeah. leg work. You figured out. I had to figure it out. Every show, yeah. somebody asks me, "Hey, where do you buy your plastic?" I say, "From a nationwide plastic supplier." <laughs> well, and people yeah. will get upset and they'll think you're an ass. But I'm like, there's a lot that goes into that. It's not just I woke up one day and all of a sudden I'm making these things and now you're buying these things. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so yeah. that that that's it's not us. So like I, I've had the same issue with the little habitats that I, I build and sell. People want to know where I buy everything I get, and I'm like, we figured it out. You can figure it out. And I'm not trying to be a dick about it. It's just why would I tell you everything I did so that you can then go do everything I did, and then I know you're going to try and sell it cheaper because that's the whole point is you're trying to sell this stuff. Like that doesn't make any sense, and that's not me being a dick. That's just that's business. That's not good business to go. Here's everything I did. You should do it too. Right. Yeah. I like to teach people and I like to help people, but at a certain point I'm like, oh, you know, I, I tell a lot of people a lot of stuff and at a certain point I'm like, oh, you're just trying to straight up rip everything off that I have. I'm like, I, you know, mm-hmm. what am I looking for? Yeah. Know? Well, there's a difference between how did you get those two snakes to breed and 
exactly what bit did you use to cut that and at what speed was it? And can you tell me how you like th- there's a difference between that kind of help and the hobby? Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. Any- yep. So anyways, on our uh, our next thing, the weekly WTF, which I'm still waiting for Chris's intro and it'll be one of our buttons and I can hit a button and it'll be Chris eating and yelling something with the word fuck. I gave him kind of some loose guidelines to tell him to have fun with it. <laughs> loose, loose guidelines. I told him the name was the weekly WTF, and at some point I wanted him to say what the fuck. So, that's all I got. That will but, be hard. <laughs> so John Grant said uh, for his weekly thing, he says he sees it week in and week out, but he loves how the community as a whole, how we are just so strong. We all help each other if we see someone in need, except if you want to cut plans, I'm not going to give you that. Uh, <laughs> The outside may still see us as a bunch of weirdos, which we is true. Uh, they just don't understand. I know so many people in this hobby or industry that if we were down to my last dollar and they had five, they would give me two. It's a family I've been a part of for 15 years and will forever be thankful for it. And and I feel, and JT, I think, is into this. We're a little spoiled with the reptile group that we're all in. The fact that we're all related to like the herps, herp stuff and like, it's definitely more of a family and, and y'all do the herp shows and y'all understand too. It's, it's different. It's definitely different than other places. And there's 100% people that we all know that are in this hobby that if we need help right now, we could, we call them and go, look, man, I really hate this, but can, can you help me? And they would. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, I definitely would, with JT, I agree. I mean, with, I mean, the soundboard I have, the camera that I'm holding in my hand, these microphones, like this, this stuff was bought, through help from other people. Um, and, and I mean, I did buy some of it, but it's definitely through help of other people. I was say, now, wait a minute. I have helped with <laughs> some of those purchases but, as well. But it's, it's, I, I agree with you. We, I, again, I think we're spoiled by people we know. We all know normal is just a setting on the dryer. Let's <laughs> move on. Uh, Being weird is okay. Sean Mac- uh, McCarthy, I saw this YouTube video. I haven't actually watched the YouTube video because I refused to fucking hit play. But he said he saw someone post a YouTube video up here in Canada. By the way, they're Canadian. I want everybody to understand. The person I'm the person I'm about to explain is Canadian. He's not American. He's not ours. We didn't fuck this up. <laughs> but the guy was feeding his snake using his mouth. He put no. the ass end of his frozen thawed rat no. in his mouth oh. and fed his snake from his mouth. Oh god, no one can see my reaction. Oh. <laughs> I, I just, uh, what the fuck? That makes me want to throw up in my mouth. The problem is people watch that because it's so cringeworthy, which means he got hits, which means he probably made money off of that shit at some point. At some point, he probably got enough hits. People going, what the fuck is this? People don't watch it, please. Or if you do, click the little button that says report it and report it for one of the reasons on there. Yeah. Report that shit because that's, it's, it's that crazy ass shit that ends up getting animals taken away from us. Mm-hmm. People going, ooh, let me put this rat's balls in my mouth and feed this snake. And I don't, I don't care like how... touch them on my hands, and I'm not... I know, they smell I'm a hunter. I'm a hunter. I've, I've, been, I've, had, I've been elbow deep in deer guts, you know? And <laughs> I, I don't even like holding the frozen mice in my hands. So, yeah. the next... Yeah. Oh, go ahead, Stephen. Yeah, I was going to say, I love when family comes over, like my family, who's not super, you know, reptile-oriented, they open the freezer to get something off, it's just full of dead snakes <laughs> and rats. Stuff, and everybody's like, I'm not eating anything at this house. And I'm like, well, it's okay. it's, it's do the most everything else. <laughs> it's, it's, it's separate. There's separate Tupperware. It's okay. There you go. <laughs> so he has his own refrigerator I, now. I have my own freezer. I have a stand-up freezer for all my rats. Yeah. 
I used yeah, to have a chest freezer, but a Santa freezer makes it so much easier to go through everything. Yeah. So this next weekly WTF is going to hit a little close to home for Robert. So all it says from Sean Gray, several who we know, all Sean Gray typed was, fuck PayPal. PayPal. And I agree. Robert, do you want to explain what's going on with PayPal lately? So they won't really give us a straight answer, but someone that apparently works for a company that does like a million dollars or plus a year in car park sales through PayPal contacted their rep who spoke to someone in compliance who told him that the the pet hobby, pet industry, and the trading card industry are both so full of fraud with people buying things and then saying they never got it and PayPal having to give them their money back that PayPal's losing. It's costing them more to investigate these this rampant fraud than they're making in fees. So they're just shutting every PayPal account down they can find that has to do with the pet industry or the trading card industry, including mine that had wow. a pretty substantial amount of money in it. Yeah. And it's not just well, 180 days. Yeah. That's, that's the part. Months. They're holding the money for six. It's not that it's just shut the account down. They froze the accounts and for shut six. them down for six months. Here's, Here's the same what's thing. fucked up to me. That money, I got that. I took that payment on Thursday while I was driving from here to um, Amarillo, you know, to go to Pueblo. And I did an instant transfer and it went through. They backed it out, took it back out, and then canceled two other payment. I have people that are on payment plans through PayPal. Two other people that were on payment plans, it, it canceled their payment plans too and refunded them the money they had already paid me on those payment plans from my bank account, not from my PayPal balance. Yeah. So all told it's, it it hurt. (laughs) It's a lot of money and, and there's no guarantee you're going to get the money at the end of six months. I've talked to numerous people that are like, yeah, at the end of six months, they sent me an email with a link and you fill out this form. And then they tell you, I'm sorry, you violated the terms of service. We're not giving you your money. Uh, I know one person who lost six figures that way. Oh my God. Jesus. Yeah. Well, then Sean Gray, Sean Gray, who's just, he sells tickets. tickets All all he uses is PayPal is for the show, for selling tickets for the show. Vendors will pay for their tables through PayPal. And they froze his account. And it had a a decent amount of money in it. He said he had just transferred quite a bit out. So it wasn't a lot, but. um, He kept more than most of us have in our PayPal account, though, in it. I'm sure. What gets me is. I talked to other vendors that are like, oh, no, I talked to PayPal. They said they're not going to do it to me. And I'm like, well, okay. We'll see. I hope not. I hope not for you. But, yeah, because I had a customer that was going to pay me through PayPal on Saturday at the show. And she's like, look, it says I can't send you money. So I log in on my phone and I can't. I, I forgot my laptop. I forgot to take it with me to Pueblo. It was sitting on the ottoman by the front door and I didn't grab it when we were leaving Thursday morning. So when I got home. And got to the shop Monday, I pulled our Tuesday, I pulled up my PayPal account and sure enough, I had a, a message. And when I clicked on it, that's when I got that page with the, uh, you can no longer use PayPal. You violated the terms of service. Um, oh, that's the other thing. The guy said that his compliance person, the compliance person told him that if you do more than $5,000 ever it, in your entire time on PayPal in friends and family, and it, it draws a red flag. Jeez. So, 
Because if you do friends and family and you use a linked bank account, it doesn't charge any fees to either party. Yeah. So PayPal's not going to get their money, and they're not they're not having it. That's the other thing is Ven- Venmo is uh, Venmo is owned by PayPal. It has different terms of service, but I'm not going to use it either if I don't have to. So I recommend anybody out there one of two things. One, you can go the old school way of going to a, a reptile show, stop at an ATM on the way there, or two. Download, I think Cash App is probably your best bet, and have Cash App when you get there. And maybe the vendors will have Cash App, and then you can Cash App each other and do it that way. Cash App is great face to face or with somebody you know. You, you have zero oh, yeah. protection on Cash App. Yeah. But but in a face to face transaction, you know, I, I'll have people. John Grant and I talk about this all the time. We'll have people that'll go to pay us, you know, like through our um, our Square Card reader, and I'll see that it's a Cash App card. And I'll say, hey, you just want to cash at me? And then it doesn't charge me a processing fee. And it also doesn't charge them anything. And um, so I, I use cash app fairly. In fact, I printed out my um, my cash app. I, I had printed out my PayPal, um, the QR code to put on the table where people can just scan it to pay you. But uh, I'll have to redo that pay, paper now because it has my PayPal, my Venmo, my cash app, and my Square one all on it. So I'm going to have to take two of those off of there. I'm sure a lot of yeah. vendors are about to have to do that too. Well, PayPal forever. I mean, I, I'm, I'm just, yeah. You can see it happen on Facebook. Just everybody, just one. I'm like, oh, I want to do it, and then somebody else I'm like, that's weird too. And then it was just this cascade. I'm like, oh my god, get you know, get everything out of there now. That is. Oh weird. yeah, yeah, like, and it was just like bam, 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 one after the other too. Yes, I messaged you to quit fiddling with shit, Robert. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Oh, so <laughs> y'all did that at the same time. So yes, pay, PayPal sucks big yeah. hairy ones. Um, and now everybody's afraid of getting locked out because several people we've known and because all people we know deal with animals have gotten locked out of their shit. So well, like that I was had, I had just sent a payment to somebody on some on a on something, and his got locked up, and that money I had just sent him is now locked up. Yeah. Damn. Yeah, I'm sure you're earning interest on while it sits there with PayPal too, so they'll be happy. Oh, I guarantee you they are. Mm-hmm. So, Robert, do you want to do uh, mm-hmm. any of the weird ass shit you saw on Facebook this week? <laughs> oh, let's see what I got. Oh. We got to come up with a name with that, and a little jing- a jingle at some point. We'll figure out something. Right now, it's just the weird ass shit. I've got one. So uh, I've got one. Hold on. Go. T- today, I think ours might be the same one. No, I don't think it's. Today, unless it's the one I sent you, this is the one I sent you. It was uh, in a group. The person posted, fucking kidding me. And this is the, this is the reason why I may say we need to have permits to own reptiles, not like expensive ones that are, but just so someone like this doesn't get one. My snake's skin is starting to peel all over its body. Is it normal? It's fucking shedding. Yes, it's normal. It's a snake. I'm. That's what they fucking do. I mean, I get that I'm playing on my phone and nobody can see me doing that right now, but that's like I'm stunned that that they that didn't know their snake really was shedding. Yes, someone who owns a snake didn't know it was shedding. This must soul. be like perfect timing because I just got a message through my Facebook page. How much for Rex? <laughs> <laughs> Aren't yeah. your prices on your website? Yes, just send them your yeah. website. Yeah. Don't even respond. Check out the yeah. website. 
That's Bam. pretty much what I do. So my, I think this week, this week we're going to talk about the one, um, James, that you and John Grant and I were talking about yesterday of the guy who was just the biggest freaking piece of garbage keeper we've ever seen. Oh, He's got like fuck. five ball pythons and a 40 breeder. And uh, I'll take it out. Talking about how he thinks it. Yeah, he has them in a bedding, a bedded on bath and they're all like periscoping up. And he says they're mourning their friend who died in that bath. And that's how they're mourning him. I'm well, like, he no, starts what out. What the that, hell that, is no, but, wrong with but, people? But see, that was on his Facebook. We had to get searched to find that. Yes. The post is I'm, all I'm, 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 Yeah. So he's talking about how his spider ball python escaped. And it has a really bad wobble. But he thinks that it fakes the wobble to keep him off guard so it can escape. It's all part of its escape plan. Ball pythons are dumb as fuck. They don't have an escape <laughs> plan. They're just like, oh, look, there's a hole. Let me go through that. Oh, I'm out. And he he posted about how it got in with his Burmese python. Magically. And now they're best friends, and he doesn't want to separate them. I, I think this whole post is, hey, I cohab, without saying, hey, I cohab. Yeah. And without a then doubt. Pe- then people started digging through um, his Facebook page and finding, because he had other posts he had made in this particular group. About, well, the, the one uh, picture he had of he's feeding a, an adult, like a male ball python, like a jumbo rat. And as it is just past his mouth, the mouth still opening, still see the ass of the rat. He's holding the snake around the neck for the yeah. picture. Like this, this rat is still in the neck of the snake and you can still see its butt hanging out the mouth. Well, he's got it like in his hand. And people nicely tried to offer him advice, and he, you know, typical fucking ego. Um, I know about snakes. You can't tell me anything. And then people were like, oh, that's where we're going with this? Okay, we're going to drag you, bro. And I don't know what happened after that, but he quit responding finally. Um, but it was just people like that give give the rest of us a, a terrible, terrible name. Well, he was also one that said he'd had snakes for a long time. I hate that one. I've had snakes for a long time. I know what I'm doing. Just because yeah. you've had them for a long time doesn't mean you know shit. I mean, yeah. I've had a, a woman's body my entire life, and I don't know half the shit that goes on in my life. So. I wouldn't tell people right. that you should probably know that shit. It's your body. So the other thing is weird. right now. I mean, don't get me wrong. I've had 16-year-old girls that I've had to explain in biology class their anatomy yeah. to them. So, Oh, I was talking about more things like. Yeah, emotions and feelings and emotions and feelings aren't real. That's just a made up thing for women. You are so <laughs> full of it. <laughs> so I you know, know how that works for it's, you. It's the time of the year when snakes are out moving and we've had a shitload of rain in Southeast Texas in the last week. So there's snakes everywhere. So it has been a shit show in the snake identifications on Facebook <laughs> the last few days of people arguing to the point that we had, there was a lady yesterday. I try not to argue too much on Facebook, but I couldn't, I couldn't resist this one because she claims that she works for Texas Parks and Wildlife and they rely on her to, to uh, identify poisonous snakes. And yep. That yep. He, okay. because, yep. because they have to know, because they have to specifically know which snake it is so that, because every snake has different anti-venom. And how this a copperhead and a diamondback rattlesnake are the same thing, just depending on where you live, they call them different things. And she was gonna die on that fucking hill. That was her hill. 
she chose to die on the <laughs> copperheads. I'm taking. I'm going to be someone posted a side by side picture of the two snakes. Yes. Went, yes. No. And she said, um, "I'm not going to argue with you, uneducated people." Oh my god. Um, yo, it was. It was. It got. It got epically great. Um, Facebook makes oh, people feel way smarter. She was threatening really to sue people for 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 trying to tell her she was dumb, and I'm going to do background checks on every one of you. It was fucking <laughs> fantastic. Um, nobody knows my real name. So I clicked on her profile and went to her photos, and she had a photo that linked to her real Facebook page. And I was like, your name is this. And I'm suing you for an invasion of privacy. It, <laughs> it, was, it was wonderful. Uh, yes. I got another one for you. Here's one. Uh, don't be this person, especially if, if you're new in the hobby. If you, if you just got like one snake and, you, and you've all of a sudden got the bug and you want more. Don't be this person. This person's post in a ball python group. That's how it goes. Literally all it's in it. Any snakes, anything that is free in North Carolina, hit me up. Have had snakes since five. I'm 28. Now I'm a good owner. No, you're not. I know from that sentence, no, you're not. You just aren't. Don't. Please don't. If you're listening to this right now, I need to assume you are smart enough to understand these words. Don't just post. I'm looking for free snakes because you're a shit person. You're just a shit person at that point. If you're looking for free snakes, you obviously don't have a cage or at least not the right one. You don't have the right heat. You don't have a thermostat. You, you don't have Jack. If you're looking for free snakes. I saw that that post lasted all of about five minutes on that page before it got taken down. I was able to snapshot the big, the actual post real quick, but. Oh, anyways, I saw that. I had yeah. to, I had to just tell people, please don't be that person. I'm trying to see what else. I think that's all I had this week of just stupid shit. I see so much of it, and I'm like, I can't believe people are alive like that. That, like the woman arguing about like the snake, or the one that we talked about last week who wanted to say that Travis Wy- Doctor Travis Wyman and Doctor Warren Booth didn't know what they were talking. Didn't about. know anything about genetics, right? Like well, a little bit. I know a little bit. Which I did listen. I finally listened to Warren Booth's uh, episode of Snakes and the Fat Man. Which is a really good episode of Snakes and the Fat Man. I suggest people go listen to that. Uh, that was a good episode. But all right, is that you have any more, Robert? Or is that is that no, enough for was, this week of stupidity? Uh, that was it. I, I was pretty busy this week, so <laughs> <laughs> uh, this one got posted twice. On, so I'm going through things on our on our Reptile Gumbo Podcast discussion page, and this video got posted twice. It was a king snake eating a corn snake hanging from a tree. Which is an interesting video. If anybody wants to go over and see it on our discussion page, it's on there twice. You'll find it somewhere twice. Then it's followed up by a crocodile in Queensland eating a shark. That's how you know fucking Australia is dangerous. When the shark isn't the one eating something, it's the crocodile. No, thank you. I just, I don't understand the entire country. Everything can kill you. I saw a meme once where it was like, basically, I'll, I'll believe anything. <laughs> You can tell me anything there exists and can kill you, and I'll believe it's there and it can kill me. You know, everything there is horrifying. Uh, There's my amazing picture I posted this week of all four Steves. I'm just saying, if anybody doesn't have all four Steves, go look at that and feel jealous. Talk about the siren. Better they need a better wife. I haven't gotten to the siren yet. Can we just acknowledge that your wife is the one that bought you all four Steves? All four Steves. I did. That was great. I appreciate you. I appreciate you. Thank you. Now I'm going back and disrespecting your ass. Moving on. Uh, this one, we've talked about this, but this guy posted, and this is one of the ones that uh, 
Elena, Elana. Sorry, Elana. Elana. She wants me to call her Lana and I refuse. It's the way my friends are. Elana. Tell me about. Yeah, but you don't ever emphasize the E, and that's why you mess it up. E, Lana. So 750 million genetically modified insects to be released. By insects, it's it's mosquitoes. They're releasing a bunch of uh, genetically modified mosquitoes to try and basically screw up the reproductive system of mosquitoes there and would lead to more mosquitoes dying. Okay, so I have not read the article. I am not very savvy when it comes to things like this. I'm going to go ahead and preface this. If you release these genetically modified mosquitoes. Okay. I know you've seen Jurassic Park. No, no, no. But that's not how shit works. No, no, no. Okay. But can they not reproduce and take over the regular mosquitoes? That's that's a valid question, right? It's safe. Nope. The mechanism by which uh, whatever, whatever kills females but allows males to develop. So it it basically, no, it keeps them from being able to reproduce. So they're sterile. Yes. And it will spread that. Oh, okay. Well, then proceed as you are. <laughs> yes. But the problem is too many people have seen Jurassic Park and assume that anytime something like something like this happens, that it's going to dr- go the opposite direction and we're all going to die. Well, I was not going that extreme. No, but most people when they see, life. that's why um, when people are like, uh, <laughs> I mean, I can't be extreme. <laughs> people at the Herp shows will tell you. Uh, Laundry's done. Not or no, it's being started. I have not done No, I can hear it's being started at Robert's. <laughs> I can hear the machine. Drinking games. Someone go ahead and drink. Uh, but, but I just looked at Rachel coming out of the laundry room and she was like, oops. <laughs> when every time, I can't even hear you guys. Every time somebody talks about GMOs and how horrible they are, I'm like, no, no, they're not. I don't know how any of that works. GMOs are why you have tomatoes that, that are big enough to eat. It's why bananas don't have seeds in them. It's why my, we're able to my, grow enough food for my everybody. My favorite doctor is going to be texting me on Facebook later to explain how this works. He, he explained it right at the me. bottom. Mm-hmm. In yeah, that the, comment, he explains it pretty, pretty, pretty. Uh, oh, there we go. Here, okay, that right, probably answers Jesus my Christ. question. All right, I'll read it. Here we go. All right, Travis, I'm going to read. That's a he says in a nutshell. But that's a big ass nutshell. All right, <laughs> the protein the mutant gene makes is lethal, but it's only expressed by the larval stage and not the adults. Just trust me on this. I if you want you. the full explanation, we can cover it later. I trust that's what he said. The mutant protein binds to the tetracycline, so they raise them in the lab on a diet with tetracycline and isolate the males that are homozygous for the gene, which means they only have I that gene. I understand that statement. Okay. I feel like I've come a long way. In the wild, where there is no tetracycline present, the mutant gene is spliced differently between the males and the females. See attached figure. There's a picture below. Is making sense. Female splice points are red, males are black. The splicing in the females results in a protein that binds back onto the mutant gene and actually promotes more and more of the protein to be made. This acts as a positive feedback loop that results in a short circuit in cellular function, thereby preventing growth and development of the larva and the males. Because the splice is different, a non-functional protein is generated, so development proceeds as normal, and then they can help reproduce. And they can remember, it's females, only females that bite. So if you can... Oh, I didn't the, know that. Yeah, only the females drink the blood. Oh. So if you can cause the females to not form properly and not then you go into adulthood, they never re- you leave larval stage. You can get rid of the mosquitoes that bite you. And the good thing is, uh, really, if you think about it, they stay in the larval stage, so you don't interrupt any part of that food chain that like, because there are small fish, mosquito fish, little fish that eat mosquito larvae. And because the males are still able to fully develop, then they... And they're going to breed with the other females that haven't been infected. And then that means their offspring will not have... So, yeah. But you're not going to mess up with any other food webs 
or food chains. Yeah, you're still gonna have you're, you're still, still have out there. Them. Yeah. This but, is very well, because in reality, there are more mosquitoes now because of us, not than than now. I mean, we we produce so many uh, small little pockets, whether it's a flower pot that's turned over and full of rain, or a tire, or whatever. All these little things where mosquitoes grow. I feel like those are would, both aimed at me and our current backyard. No, but yeah, we do have all that stuff. <laughs> uh, those places are where mosquitoes like to grow, and uh, so yeah, you should probably get rid of those things. I would just like to thank Dr. Wyman because I feel like my conversations with him are finally starting to click in my brain. That or I'm just listening. Don't, and don't, don't thank him. Saying. He'll start to get a big head. Speaking of Travis Wyman, he posted his kookery snake double clutched. Sorry, that was our dog. I don't know if anybody. I was shaking in the background. <laughs> but his kookery snake, he didn't realize it was going to double clutch. Uh, if it goes this until I have 18 more kookery snakes. That's weird. Weird tooth snakes. How common is it for different lizards or snakes to double clutch? To double clutch? Like, is it fairly common? To Co- and some colubrids, like corns, will do it a lot. Yeah, very colubrids. It, it doesn't really have enough pythons. I'm sure it, it's happened. So now there's, well, my, I, I'm not saying it doesn't happen. I'm saying it doesn't commonly happen in pythons. What about lizards? Uh, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, because like, like leopard geckos, they constantly lay eggs throughout the breeding season. So there's not really a double oh, clutch as much as they're just yeah, constantly laying right. eggs. Yeah. Um, but tails do the same thing. Yeah. And then like live birth, obviously it's not going to happen. They're going to give birth and it's, it's there. So that makes sense. Because your smaller lizards like that are only going to lay one, two eggs at a time. Ilana posted this book that I, I'm looking at the pictures and it's just weird. It says how to hold animals. And I'm looking, it says the calming art of connecting with creatures big and small. And the way they're holding that rhinoceros beetle by one of its horns just doesn't seem like it's going to calm down the rhinoceros beetle. I'm not sure. Or the dragonfly, the dragonfly by its wings. I'm just not sure that's how it's going to work. I mean, it may. I may be wrong. Oh, I did post the... <laughs> So we were watching a, a cooking show the other night, Worst Cooks in America, and it was supposed to be a duck, but it's the most horrifying whatever the fuck it is that came up on the screen. People are saying it's a goose. It, they're saying it's a goose, but... This is a reptilian goose. It looks it looks very much like an angry tortoise with teeth. Like, it's... it's Go check it out on our page. It's weird. All three of us, because we watched that show with our daughter, <laughs> and all three of us were like, what is on the screen? Oh, Travis, I'm also posted a warning of being a vector for the uh, amphibian pandemic. There are... There are, uh, chytrid is a big one in frogs, but there are several diseases that are killing many of our amphibians and spreading. And ways that you can help prevent that are one, don't touch the motherfuckers. Just don't, just don't pick up frogs and stuff. You pass things easily through that. Two, if you go hiking somewhere or if you're just walking somewhere, wash your shoes off thoroughly before you go hiking somewhere else so that you don't carry it. And, and that's what this whole poster is. It's talking about conservation of that i mean they've, they've outlawed certain amphibians being imported into the country because of the pandemic on amphibians I and mean, we have, i think it's the united states has more salamanders than anywhere else on the world so like they're very very picky about saving their salamanders because we have a lot of really cool ones which we'll talk about a really cool one in a little bit uh oh man okay ilana explain this one to me i'm trying to remember what it was it's, it's about betas surprise hiding in the dna of pet fish yeah, sorry, Yvonne. I didn't listen to it again to Ron. So that's something about the change of the DNA. I, I'm not going to fucking lie. Someone go read that. It's it's good. This is a cool video. Oh, of the uh, alligator lizard giving birth, which is just weird. That little sucker pops out and it's ready to go. It's like, bloop, here we go. And then it's on its own. Like, Yeah, no, no eggs. Other than it's out and it's walking around. And yeah. 
It's like, oh, let me open my eyes and welcome to the world. It is weird. Yep. That was fun. This was a cool one Robert posted. Oh, go ahead. No, go ahead. Talk about that one, and then I'm going to talk about the one Victor posted. The melanistic eastern garter snake in Ontario. A solid yep. black Simple. garter snake. I, that's really cool looking. And that's one that a lady was saying that it was a fake snake because in upstate New York, where she lives, she's never seen one, so it must not exist. I've never walked yeah. outside and seen a lion, but I know that if I go to Africa, they exist. <laughs> right. Exactly. That was because like it's exactly not where I'm at. Someone told her. Exactly what someone told her. So somebody used a zebra. They're like, so if you don't have zebras in upstate New York, does that mean they don't exist? <laughs> hey, we had a guy not far from here that had a zebra. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that thing died from malnutrition. There's a guy oh. not too far around the corner that has a zebra, a camel, and some emus all in a big pasture next to his house. Fuck that. People underestimate zebras. Those bitches are not horses. <laughs> no. That is, they don't act like horses. They're not a horse. They, no. they can pick you up with their mouth and throw a grown man across the a yard. Yes, they like can. They are, they are beast. That was, so I did you told, see, I'm sorry, go ahead. I think I've told this before. I had a coworker when we worked at the zoo and she grew up around horses and she'd been hit by horses, kicked by horses. And then she had to work with deer. And I told her, I said, you need to be careful when you want the deer because they'll, they'll kick you. They'll, they'll corner you and they'll pin you and they'll just, they'll go to town. I've been hit by deer. All right, by horses. Okay, whatever. One day she got between the mom and the baby, and the mom got her in the barn and just went to punching. And so I saw yep. her later on, she goes, you were right. They're, they're not the same as horses. I know they're not the same as horses. I told you that. It's a fucking deer. Those things are horrifying. So, so. Victor Loriano posted um, Sean Bradley, a live video he did with a two-headed corn snake that he hashed out, which was oh, that's cool. super cool. It's like, fun, you know, two functioning necks and heads. Attached now, to one body and eat separately, and or only one of them needs to eat, but uh, <laughs> su super neat. Now I'll be interested to see if they make it. That's always a, a tricky thing with two-headed animals making it all the way to adulthood. Right. But that is cool. But like usually, like sometimes you have to feed because you have to feed them both small meals because you have to feed one, the other one tries to grab it. It's like a mental yeah. thing, right? What do you mean? Well, if they share the same stomach. It's not the same, same head, though. Different brains. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, it's both. a mental thing. Yeah, like well, they, they smell food. They both want to oh, eat. Oh, I need to eat. Well, yeah. So it's it's a baby corn snake. So it's you know four or five inches long. So but each head has about probably an inch and a half of neck attached to it. So like one head's trying to burrow into the aspen, <laughs> and the other one's like, we're gonna go this way. And, uh, yeah, it's pretty neat watching the video though. Anyway, uh, Ilana posted a picture of the Duchess of Cambridge. Uh, oh, now it says it's been changed. It's been changed. It now says the Duchess of Head of Cambridge held a bearded dragon on a visit to Huggle Pets in the community. It did not say that days it ago. Totally said chameleon. Days ago, it said chameleon. I was like, oh, what the hell? Uh, somebody, cool, she's got a reptile. Somebody with their company has. Somebody, we gotta fix that shit. This <laughs> video was. Neat. I don't know if y'all have watched this. Okay, you gotta go kill our dog. No, I know. Just go, just go strangler. No, we haven't been. <laughs> but. This is a video of orcas killing a bottlenose dolphin. Like, dude, that one orca breaches like fifteen it, feet in the fucking air, or, dude. It breaches and hits the bottlenose dolphin, the bottlenose dolphin in midair. Yeah, and you know it stuns it. There's some. There's another one underneath the water. Like, oh, I'm gonna fuck this dolphin up. Yeah, but uh, yeah, free willing my ass. That thing is. <laughs> it is destroying that dolphin, 
and it's a whole yeah. pod of them like that's oh no oh, but go watch again that's on our thing uh ilana ilana posted uh a thing that james bergoli shared which were somebody selling earless monitors uh are weird. Those they're are amazing cool. but they're expensive they're very strange. You never get to see them. It's like a salamander monitor. They're very like prehistoric. Yeah, but they stay buried all the time, and you never you spend twenty five plus for them to hide. Yeah, they're endangered in the wild. Now this is the coolest fucking post all week, and I want one. I don't. We don't need one. We need one. We need five. We don't. If you have not seen this post, it's floating around on a few webs on a few Facebook pages, but it's like a hypo melanistic. Uh, Copperhead. The thing is orange. It's I mean, it's beautiful. Bright ass orange and yellow, and I want it. Uh, I think Victor shared that one. Or yeah, Victor shared that one. But I saw it on someone. But it's a hypo Copperhead. Yeah, I can't. I, I can't explain. You've got to just go see the picture. It's the most amazing Copperhead I've ever seen in my entire life, and I need it. Oh no, the Howdy's froze. Oh, no. Steven's not frozen. Ashley froze. Ashley's, yeah. All right. Well, at least we got. At least we have half a howdy. We're good. Yeah. <laughs> He's gonna go fix what? it. Uh, let's see. Ryan Gosler posted a picture of his leopard gecko with a T Rex skull. Australian croc. I haven't read this. I saw this, but I haven't read it. Skull identified as part of a new extinct species of crocodile in Australia. That's cool. And I'm sure it was ginormous and could kill everybody. Sure. The thing you were talking about earlier I hadn't talked about was the siren. Nathan posted a picture of this amazing Rio Grande siren that's this like mottled green looking siren. It's it's way cooler than our siren. Would it not be Rio Grande? I have no idea. It's Rio called the Rio Grande. Rio Grande. There's an E on it. Do you want to feel fancy? Yeah, but we still call it the Rio Grande. Grande. Just like, you know, we call the town of Lano, Lano, but it's really Yano. And, you know, we we fuck all the names up in Texas. We we, we took all of the Spanish names and, and then pronounced them like dumb white people. Made, made American. Oh, no. Yeah. I don't think they'll ever do that again. American. No, sir. American names. No. Anyways, it's an awesome looking green salamander. Big green salamander. Beautiful. Uh, we have sirens here, but they don't look like that. They're no, solid black. No. That would actually be a little frightening to see. This? Yeah. Not nearly as scary as a amphiuma. Amphiumas are horrifying. Are, yeah. And they have yes. teeth. Yeah. I'll take sirens any and day. They will use them. Yes. They will. Okay. There have been way too many posts about uh, locusts. I, I've, yes. seen, I've seen cicadas. My bad. Uh, I've seen several cicada posts. Uh, Travis posts one of a whole like couple of cicadas. Those actually aren't cicadas. If you read through the comments, he explains that they're in the form two steps prior. It's still the same insect. Yes, but they haven't fully matured yet. But it's still the same insect. Still, but I don't understand if he's. I don't understand why he has them. Because <laughs> they all came out. I'm sure it's the so seventeen. Guys, I feel what? like we've been talking a lot, lot, and not letting Stephen and Ashley say anything for like ten or fifteen minutes. Uh, Ashley uh, froze for a while. That's her fault. Well, she's moving now. <laughs> yeah, I was just going through all the stuff we saw. Well, they're going to talk a lot I in know. a minute because when we finally get to my section, if my husband would ever look over here at me, then I have questions. <laughs> I had to get through. Well, we're five minutes from two hours into this, so let's. I get know, to it. and I'm tired. Go. And my nose burns. You're tired. Oh, we didn't explain that. 
I gotta explain that real quick. So we were <laughs> we were a little flustered getting getting started tonight because we took our daughter to an end of the year class party at Chuck E. Cheese, which was not the traumatic part. That was okay. It's what happened while there. We're sitting there talking. All of a sudden, you hear a bang. We look over, and what I see is a small two, two and a half year old child in the corridor corridor of where the bathrooms are. A fire extinguisher has fallen at his feet and is shooting out a plume of powder into the air and all of a sudden he disappears behind it and he starts screaming and crying he, you can't see him he runs to the back corner into the, and then hides down in the corner so without thinking i just ran into the mist to find him and he kept getting further from me i was trying to talk to him to keep him calm while i was talking i was inhaling fire extinguisher mist and then I couldn't breathe. So another dad got back there and he was able to get the child bring him out. But he, I mean, they were covered in head to toe with this fire extinguisher powder. And this little child was just covered all over the EMTs had come in. And as the EMTs were trying to check to make sure he was okay, apparently he was having none of it. And he was trying to punch the EMTs in the face, uh, which I thought was funny. Yeah. Well, but yeah, that well, uh, I can't explain if anybody's ever used one of those uh, dry fire extinguishers. Yeah, That's all well and good until it's spinning around on the it floor. It was just shooting around all around, and it filled up the whole place. And We had oh. a mom, like, literally trying to stand on it with her foot to keep it from spinning, and so, yeah, that's none what, of our kids could eat their pizza. I was like, do not touch the pizza. Move it away from the mic. I'm afraid I'm too loud. You're, not, I, you're fine. Okay. Now, you're, so, go ahead. So my nose burns because... Yes, because she got it in her nose. Yeah, and my eyes and my ears. Did your face hurt? It did. It's killing me. I washed it all off. You you wash your entire face off? You're not amusing. Oh yeah. Don't you do it? I will kick you. <laughs> I hate you. <laughs> okay. Well, I would like to know, Stephen and Ashley. You can answer together or separately. It is well. I, please answer separately. Together is to make it confusing. What is if you, have, <laughs> if you have time to listen to podcasts that are lizard related? Or deal with any of the animals that you currently keep. What are some podcasts that you listen to? Other than ours, of course. <laughs> or do you do you not listen? Like, I have no time in my life for podcasts. I'll be completely honest. So I don't listen to podcasts. Yeah, we've got a, a little surround sound set up at the shop. And that's pretty much all we do all day. So we, we pretty much listen to everything until we run out. So, I mean, I mean from Snakes and the Fat Man, I mean. That's a, a hilariously entertaining one. I mean, when I first heard it, I was like, what on earth is this? And you listen to it again, you're like, oh, this is cool. The more you listen to it, I'm like, oh, this is I cool. like him. Yes, I was the same way. <laughs> yeah, first I really one, was. Oh, you realize what he's doing. I'm like, oh, he's actually, he's a cool guy. He's not he just dick to everybody. He's just yes. being ridiculous. Yeah. He doesn't discriminate. He hates everyone equally. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. yeah, I'm like, I get it. Yeah. Yeah. That's, That's cool. So do y'all ha- do y'all have any like lizard ones that you listen to or? I mean, I started out. I don't know. It had to be right when Joe started. Uh, I used to listen to From the Ground Up from the first episode. Um, awesome. Yeah, I listened to that one, and now it's uh, the Modern Medusa. So listen to that one. You've got NPR, which is definitely it's not lizards. It does to have a monitor podcast now. I'll, I'll say yes. I've, I've got the whole list. I was gonna say uh, one thing about NPR. Because they're now the NPR network. Oh, yeah. Uh, and I looked up. So there's Morelia Python Radio, which is the original. 
There's Herp History, which is Eric and Owen. There is Carpet Cliff Notes, which is Eric and Owen. There's Colubrid or Colubrid Corner, which is Owen and Riley Jemison. There's Student of the Serpent, which is Eric and Rob Stone. There's Carpets and Carpets and Coffee, which is Riley, Eric, and Lucas Lee, which started out originally as Riley's. He would do these little Carpets and Coffee things on YouTube, and people could get on and talk to him. And that now became part of the network. There's the Field Herping Podcast with Eric Burke and Nipper Reed. There's the Monitor Keeping Podcast, which I like. That's We've listened to we that listened one. We've listened to that one in the car. With, and I'm sure y'all listened to it with Kai Fan and Alan Stevens. There's Humans of Herpticulture by, from Lucas Lee. The Australian Herpticulture Podcast with Luke Nethim, Neth, Nethim and Jason Rogers. And then there's a new one. There is... Uh, I'm going to lie because I can't remember what it is. I don't want to lie to you. Uh, it's... Oh, crap. I listened to it the other day. Oh, Reptile Fight Club with Justin Julander from Australian Addiction and Chuck Poland, where they, they pick, that's their newest one, they pick two opposing sides to something, whether they that's their side or not, and they debate it. That's cool. They just did one on uh, hobby keepers versus uh, like professional breeders. That's cool. It was pretty good. So I, I know I interrupted y'all, but I yeah, but we but she was talking about it, and I I remember I wanned to go through the whole list of the five million. Talk, James, not yours. It's a lot, yeah. It's a lot of stuff. I, I can't listen to all of theirs, unfortunately. It's a lot. <laughs> They've been going for a long time. That was like one of the. I mean, it was basically the OG. Yeah. Uh, oh, well, absolutely. Yeah. Um, the one that lasted. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, as you guys know, it's this podcasting takes a lot of time. I did like two episodes back in the day for motorsports, and I was like, I don't have time for this. I respect everything that you guys do and everybody else who actually produces podcasts. It's crazy. <clears throat> I we listened to I had Katie listen to the Monitor podcast they have with Kai and all, and that was very interesting for Katie, who's not really interested in monitors that much. Mm-mm. That was very interesting. I enjoyed it. She though. enjoyed that one. Uh, speaking awesome. of lizard, lizard brain radio. Is now part of the Herpt Culture Network. Bill Bradley. It's Bill Bradley's. He's now part of the Herpt Culture. I can't remember all the ones they have. I know he has different guys each week that do different types of lizards. Talking to the microphone. I'm so sorry. You went different types of, and then you looked away and said lizards. Sorry, different types <laughs> of lizards every week. We're gonna learn some microphone etiquette. I don't need a chair that rolls. That's the problem. Is I'm fidgeting too much and I keep rolling and moving. We can fix that. Okay. Anyways. Any YouTube stuff that y'all enjoy? Do y'all watch any of the nerd stuff? Since it's monitors? I mean, not you... really. Um, some of it I used to... Uh, my first monitor, actually, was from nerd. Um, and I, I watched uh, some of Kevin's like older stuff. Uh, I don't watch any of the newer stuff. It's so sensationalized. I'm not a huge yeah. fan of like what they do. But no, they do do good stuff. I'm not... But yeah, I... On, we we watch very little of anything because we're always working. We listen to a lot of stuff like audiobooks and podcasts and stuff. Um, but yeah, like YouTube. I mean, you guys, you you guys do the lives. Uh, we try to get in with that. Um, there's Unfiltered Reptiles and uh, the Trap Talk podcast. They do a lot of live stuff. It's on YouTube. Uh, let's see, yeah, Lizard Brain Radio. Uh, I I really enjoy that they you know somebody has you know the cool little dry snake. <laughs> they do a podcast on them. Um, I mean, there's just, there's a ton of podcasts out there, even from the Herpeticulture Network. They've got Snakes and Stogies. Um, you've got the Conjo cast, which, you know, I think th- there hasn't been a ton of episodes there. There's, uh, 
uh, touched on NPR. What's the other one? Um, it's the uh, Bill Siegel um, and and Buddy. What is the oh. over there? Um, um, it's the Condro. I yeah, I, I, I need to look at my pocket. Um, but yeah, they haven't done an episode in a while. But it was, it was that's a, another good one if you want to like the Condro Python and you know Green Tree Python. Uh, so that's one of the things talking. where I look up to NPR guys. They do every week. They, yeah. you know, they very rarely do they skip a week, and, and so that's that's the way. A lot of these there, there have been several podcasts in the past that started out, and there's several that are older than NPR, but they just kind of all faded away. It got it got to be a lot, and it is. I mean, we have to stop what we're doing every week for two hours and. And do I this. don't think a week has gone by where I haven't been like, I can get out of it. You don't need me. I'm going to go be a mom tonight nope. or I just want to sleep. Nope. And he's like, no, no, you're committed. Well, and what's exciting is when we move, they'll be close enough that we can actually have them in studio. Ooh. So that she could bring her monitor oh my in studio. <laughs> Everybody could pet Dex. He's a, he's a cool kid, man. That's awesome. That would be they're a solid like hour and 20 minutes from here. So I don't know if they'd want to do it on a Wednesday night, but you know, maybe like a Friday or a Saturday. There you go. Yeah. Within, within two hours is, is about average. See, we're good. I like it. I look forward to that. <laughs> so fun. So, all right. My last question. If you had to suggest one book to anyone in the hobby, like you should have this in your collection. I'm putting you on the spot. And I mean, it can, it doesn't have to be like a, it doesn't have to be like a field guide. Harry Potter. Anything. Absolutely. Everyone should own Harry uh, Potter. The whole series. All yeah, seven of them. They made, they made movies. I'll just watch the movies. Um, what, what, what just book the would you say people have to have? Oh man, that's a hard question. It I is. would have, um, I'm gonna have to go with the Lizard King. That's a good one. Yeah. That's a good one. Also, Dragon Trader. Uh, I I have to say, caveat: I haven't read the whole thing. Uh, Lizard King is on Audible, so that's the only way that I've ever been able to to actually listen to it. Uh, phenomenal book, great. Um, but yeah, that that'll have to be my number one. Probably Stevens too. Yeah, the Lizard King was cool. Like I, I saw that she had downloaded this book called The Lizard King, and I'm like, oh dear God, it's worse than I thought. Playing <laughs> <laughs> some of it, and I'm like, holy moly, this is insanity. Yes, I mean, it was really, really cool. So I mean, it, it's an entertaining book by itself, and you know, it, it was awesome. It was and really if you're cool. into the hobby, you get more because like each page, you turn the page, and you're just like, oh my gosh, more crazy stuff is happening. Yep. I feel like Steve is like, my favorite book is the uh, owner's manual to my CNC machine. (laughs) (laughs) You had to read all that. (laughs) That's awesome. Yeah, I think those may become weekly questions that I ask people. That's a good one. I like that one. Y'all are my first people that I get to ask those questions to. James has prompted us to think of things we could bring to the podcast. Yeah, bring some shit to the this podcast. Is, this is me bringing stuff to the podcast. <laughs> like like Robert's dumbasses of the week. I mean, hey, it works. Yep. We all need a laugh. Alright, so we also need to... Wrap it up? Probably go to bed. I oh, know, I'm tired. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, guys, if people want to get a hold of you, how can they do that? 
Uh, we've got, we're pretty active on social media. So, I mean, from Facebook to Instagram, we're easy to get a hold of through there. We try and post a bunch. So, I mean, we try and post something every day. Um, if you need to contact us, you can message us through either one of those. So, Instagram or Facebook. You can also go to the website. So, it's just focusedcubehabitats.com. Uh, we have like four pages of different kinds of models and different kinds of styles. And there's like a thousand million drop down menus for each one of them. So, I mean, you can spend a bunch of time on there and you can see a bunch of stuff. But what's your new, what is your newest product? Probably the, those like single tub, uh, hanger setups. So they hold like a single tub Cambro. Uh, so you can buy, you know, one at a time and you've got just a, it's got a, a heat source in the back. It's, uh, basically a, a Cambro tub, um, that you can kind of use the quarantine setup or you can keep like, you know, smaller arboreal snakes in. You can put, uh, you know, isopods in it. You can put invertebrates in it. And they're stackable too, so it's just like a one unit. So if you don't need to, you know, house a whole bunch of animals, uh, you can just buy one at a time and keep adding to them. So that's been a, a super cool, popular thing we've got. And what is your number one seller? Oh man, it it really it's weird. It changes weekly because like for a while we were doing nothing but like twenty four cubes, and then it went to like you know twelve by twelve matrices, and now it's gone to forty eight inch ratios. So a 48, you know, four by two by two. So it just, everything comes in waves. So, you know, it's big enclosures, it's small enclosures, it's arboreal yeah, same enclosures. Same for me. Yeah, it's never like, oh, we <clears> sell <throat> this thing all day, every day, so we make a bunch of them. I mean, it's constantly shifting. Yep, for me, it'll be a bunch of adult racks for a while, and then it'll be a bunch of baby racks, and then it'll be a bunch of gecko racks. And you just never know. Like, I'll do a show, and I'll sell a bunch of adult racks, and then I'll come to that next show strong with adult racks and not sell any. Well, that's like, what's tough about trying to get stuff for shows. I'm like, okay, what would we make for a show? The last show we sold a bunch of this model. So we make several, we take it to a show and everybody's looking for something different. So I'm like, I yep. have no idea how you guess. So we just kind of try and bring a few of, you know, some of our flagship-ish models so people can kind of see what we have to offer. So like us trying to like sell a bunch of stuff at a show is, it's pretty difficult. I mean, a lot of it's because it's super custom. So most, you're never going to guess, you know, what somebody wants to customize. Um, right. So we just try and bring like a few key models with different options so everybody can see what we have to offer. So I mean, from all kind of Arcadia lighting and heating, uh, the different radiant heat panels, LEDs. So we, we have a bunch of different, different stuff that goes in them. So it's tough to get the right combo for everybody every time, but. Yeah, there's a lot to look at on the site. You just get bored. I mean, you can endlessly build enclosures on that thing, eight million different ways. Are y'all doing Conroe? I assume you're doing Conroe. Yep. Is that your next, next show or? Yep, that's the next one. Um, you know, we've had to miss a couple shows just because we're so busy. There's just no way we can fulfill all the online orders and build stock for shows and spend the weekend there. So it's been, you know, it's been tough for us to do extracurricular stuff like that. So we love going through them. It's just, Super tough because we just get like I mean we get hammered online. I mean it's we're ninety five percent online sales. Yeah. 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 I mean shows are just kind of like meet and greet and pick up and like you know we kind of like people wander by and they get introduced to our stuff. I mean it's not a place where we go to try and you know sell a bunch of inventory. I mean it's it's all online. Yeah, you're not selling usually to general public. You're selling to someone who saw your and comes they seek you out for what you have. They're not buying. It's a little different than Robert selling a rack, and, and racks are well known. Your cage is just you, and 
it's not as well known. <laughs> and so they see yeah, you and then they save up and then they come get it from you. Well, for sure. I mean, you're selecting, you know, front and back color options. You're selecting to paint it or not. You may be doing windows, maybe not doing windows. You know, perhaps you need something with perches and what style of perches, what size of perches, I and mean, what kind of heating lighting do you need? How do you want to configure it? And it just goes on and on. So it's it's very rare. Somebody goes, oh, that one. You give that to me. So it's a it's a yeah. it's kind of a long process of kind of picking and choosing and figuring out what's going to work right for you. So it's not usually just a point and shoot kind of thing. Awesome. So anybody out there, if you can make it June twelfth and thirteenth to Conroe, Texas, you can see everyone here that is here tonight. <laughs> you can see yep. Sean Gray and I'm sure whatever purple and green outfit he will be wearing that day. I've been vaccinated, so you can even give me a birthday hug. Okay, she's just trying to say it's her birthday. It so is. Tell her happy birthday it's when you exciting. see her. When you see her. Uh you can go see Chris Eaton. He's vaccinated, but he probably doesn't want you to hug him. Well unless unless you're a hot chick. Or you have also been vaccinated because I was told since I have been vaccinated that I can get a hug. Okay. So chicks can hug him. So all guys try and hug Chris Eaton, please. Oh my gosh. Tell you right now. Chris Eaton also is a uh, it's never been down here and uh it's gonna be interesting to say the least. You're having entirely too much fun planning this trip for him. I I need him to eat like things I need him to eat an apple off of an apple tree. Because he's never eaten trees down here. No. There's not so there's an apple tree somewhere, I'm sure. An orange. Find an orange. Satsuma. Satsuma. We can get a Satsuma. Oh, we can probably find some Satsumas. And bring for him to eat. Yeah. I know that sounds weird. People are like, it's just a Satsuma, but he's never had one. Like, off of a tree. He's never had anything off of a tree or a bush. Or a s'more cooked properly. <laughs> or game or wild fish that was caught and cooked. Like, it's just so weird. So, anyways. Roberto, if you want to get a hold of you. www.lsreptilerex.com Dot com. Or Lone Star Reptile Racks on Facebook or Instagram. Dot com. No. Yep. What? Or any herb show near you. Dot com. Dot net. Dot net. Dot net. Come on, Sean. You got to fix that shit. All right, Jane. Dot net. If people want to get a hold of you. 1998 needs some kid in the basement Come making on. a dot net. How can they reach you, James? Well, first I was going to say, go to Robert's website, not to reach me, but to get your code for this month, this week. For our giveaway so you can win your free rack or money towards your free rack or towards a rack but if you want to reach me it is simply underscore serpents on instagram or simply serpents on facebook or the reptile gumbo podcast on instagram facebook and at gmail.com and i would like to say again anybody out there that would like to uh i don't know i'm just begging at this point but i'm cool with that donate to our uh gofundme please because we need a camera we need another camera that is really where we're struggling for our, our next thing but that is you can find our gofundme i'm probably going to repost all this stuff on facebook and push it out there and annoy people again with it and some pictures of the cool stuff we've yes i am going to take a picture far. tonight of all the cool stuff that i've gotten from our our amazing donators so far donatees donatoes donors donatoes no i like Do donatoes donate courage <laughs> you gotta get it from all the donatoes oh. katie no Wait, Don't. Wait for it. No, James. Oh, my gosh. So, that is it. I want to thank everyone for listening. Uh, we will be back next week. Goodbye.